He's like this guy that goes, oh my god, did you hear about the spider that was in the shower of that guy that was in this other place? And it's like, no, no, I didn't, no. <laughs> it's just crazy stories from nowhere. Is that me? Yep. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, the, the longest story mankind, our civilization has ever produced, you will never guess what it is. Like people say, oh, is it the Bible? And it's like, no, it's, it's something that's way longer than Bible. It's so the it actually, Bible, yeah. No, it's, it's a Super Smash Brothers fanfic. No way, dude. You have no idea because the, the thing is basically so there were a couple of people and they kept spinning on the story and they had the story with like all the, the Mario characters and but it was like set in the Super Smash Brothers universe, so it's like best of all. And yeah, they just keep going and allegedly it's on some internet forum and it's longer than like the works of mankind produced in all of the Middle Ages or something. I don't know, it's just super crazy. Give give us like <laughs> an example of like how many something's this is i have no idea i just like read it a couple of years ago that it's like by far like many honors of making you read it all a few years ago of course like i have the audiobook i'm one of the the voices it's such bullshit and your name is frank frank the tank yeah, this is the Koopa Trooper voice. <laughs> Frank the Tank. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Everyday Turn number 170. What is this? 137, your favorite most deceptively named bi-weekly legacy podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our brand new Patreons, Alex Crow and Salvatore Orico. And by the way, I wrote this down. Big shout outs to everybody who donated to Anorak's Eternal Weekend stream because... Honestly, this is fucking embarrassing for Wizards that, like, the community has to source their own stream and Anorak has to spend his own hours. So, big shout-outs to everyone. Uh, I think the the winner of Vintage even donated, like, $2,500 extra. Oh, yeah. Roger, what, what a legend. Mm -hmm. Roger, Roger, I'm trying to remember the name. Um, He's from, I think it's 100% Serious MTG, which is, like, a team that plays Vintage a lot. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to have his name here. His name is... No, no, this is wrong. Uh, here, Ch James Roger. James Roger, big shout out to you as well and everybody who donated. So mm -hmm. that's that was amazing to watch. And if you want to support the running of our show directly, <laughs> you don't have to donate two thousand five hundred dollars, but of course you can. <laughs> you can support us on Patreon.com/slash Everyday Eternal. Guys, how how is life? Like we we finally broke. Actually, no, we we already recorded from from home last episode, even though it still felt like kind of on the road because of half half of it was at the hotel. I think for the last two episodes, we at least had one person in some kind of hotel, right? Are, are yeah. you guys home now? Or is anybody still caught in a hotel? <laughs> I'm always in a hotel. Just Sorry, so. Julian, we, we don't happen to be in a hotel every now and then, you know? <laughs> We're like regular people with regular houses. I mean, it's like, not that I, crazy to be in a hotel, right? <laughs> I'm in I, my I, home, I, home hotel. It's fine. I was kind of homeless for like a couple of years, but only in summer. Which is like weird. <laughs> but let's not get into that. Uh, guys, what, what have you been up to? What, what is life like uh, in the last couple of weeks of this year? Uh, yeah, I've been prepping a lot of legacy in preparations for the for the God of Legacy. Um, I'll be but in you're Japan. not going to win once again? Ah, so, you know, I, I think I, I said, but I, I told you my plans already, but the, the plan is to uh, invade Japan. And, <laughs> that that and... never goes well. <laughs> can, can I tell you about this place called the Russian Empire? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that, that's the whole plan, to invade Japan. Right, take the title of the God of Legacy. Um, as you guys might know, uh, there is this infamous, super duper big uh, legacy, or like any format um, type of like big event in Haruya, the biggest uh, card store in Tokyo. And there it happened so that there is a legacy event on the very last Sunday of my visit. And I got to play. There's a problem, though. 
there's a problem. It I cannot figure out how to beat that stupid mono white dungeon stompy deck. Holy shit! I need lit. I li I'm literally like, dude. I'm at a point where I'm considering cards like Drop of Honey. Seriously, it oh, is, it, dude. It That's is so horrible. Bad. I know, right? Like, so um, obviously there is um, I'm I'm uh, a Doomsday player, so um, I might just play Doomsday. The um, the thing is like the the two most played decks in Japan are by far Blue Delva and um. The Dun Dun Dungeon Stompy, <laughs> and oh, yeah. man, that's a that's a that's a quite of a stretch, you know. Like, um, I I said it a couple of times that Doomsday has a positive um Dungeon Stompy matchup, but it, in real life, it's it's really just so so. It's it's kind of like fifty fifty, really. It, it so, is. I so honestly what like. You're saying it, is you're actually lying. Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> but that was we, you we know, didn't that lie was, on this podcast. But that was like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not to lie. Just post. get over it, you know. <laughs> Repent your sins. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, it, it, I mean, if if it's fifty fifty, okay. Actually, it sounds really, really horrible. Why are you even flying to Japan then? Yeah, I know, right? This 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 <laughs> is um, like I'm usually not a, like a not a uh, not down on legacy or like, I I I I always try to be like positive about the format and, and blah blah blah. But didn't you just like top eight the ELM? I yeah yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. oh legacy sucks. I can't beat anything. Like yeah. top eight, it's one of the most prestigious like yeah. legacy prestigious legacy events of of like ever. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe I should maybe I should like uh start the story from um, from like a different point. So I so I was maybe I I've been I've been looking for a deck that has a good mono um dungeon stompy matchup and a reasonable Delva matchup, and I oh, ended up building like a this weird something for you. Yeah, like mm -hmm. a, uh uh. Mm -hmm. Shit. <laughs> so okay, like, like, okay. So I I ended up building like a band, uh, Ice Fang Quartle Uro kind of deck, and dude, it no, sucks, no, 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 dude. No, this no. deck sucks so much. Holy shit! If you anyone out there, if you got Uros and Ice Fang Quartles, just burn them. They're terrible, terrible Kai, magic cards. Okay, remember when you played they the GP? Remain... Hmm? Remember when you played the GP in Japan where you played Miracles and you regretted it so much? Dude, holy shit! Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. It's exactly <laughs> that. I played I played Jeskai Miracles at GP Chiba in 2016 when uh, Eldrazi and Death and Taxes Miracles uh, were t tier one and Della was tier two, and I was like, dude, there's no way I can beat uh, Eldrazi and, uh, and Miracles with a there thousand was, tendrils. So there was I, a really good Eldrazi plan for Nauseam tendrils though. Like Rodrigo did it at Prague. He just didn't uh, play against it the whole weekend. Dude, oh, what? The, uh, nice. Okay, I, I guess that's uh. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> he, I think in his, like, thanks, like, when they did an interview, he was like, thank you for the Eldrazi players that didn't play against me. Grazie. Arigato. <laughs> but I think I think dodging Delva and Dungeon Stompy... No, that, dude, is not, gonna not, be tough. not possible. Not, mm -hmm. not possible at all. So are you, like, think... I mean, it sounds like you would regret not playing something you like based on the, the so, Miracles thing. But do right. you have anything up your sleeve? Well, so 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 here's here's the issue with the Doomsday, right? Because I mean, I could simply play Doomsday and, and be okay. But here's the thing: um, the mono white dungeon Stompy matchup with Doomsday is the actual worst magic experience you can ever imagine <laughs> because there is no game. There's literally no Magic the Gathering happening because Doomsday's got a mulligan down to turn one Doomsday no matter what, so that mono white cannot interact and mono white has got a Mulligan down to turn one Thalia or turn one Chalice or whatever, and the game is technically over on turn two, or for either side. So it so the the the, the whole gameplay comes down to mulliganing. It is really that stupid. And can you, uh, okay, can you play Gloom? Does that fix it? What? <laughs> no, serious? seriously, you dude, have, you this have is legacy, not old school, dude. <laughs> but you have dark rituals in your deck. Like I do. 
And that, Tyrone Gloom is actually like insane. Tyrone Gloom is insane against them. Have you tried it? But what if they go Chalice of the Void? Well, then you play it off the Lotus Petal, turn two or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, or Cambo Rostral or something. I guess I gotta go create. You gotta go try some Glooms, man. I think it might. It might Seriously? Be, your, the, but, it might be, fix your problems. But the cards got the card got printed in Alpha, right? Yeah. So I actually learned this last night at my local game store. I was talking to a friend, Alex. And do you know what Gloom does? It's like yeah, like uh, it, it's like chill, but well, for so white. Say so white. Say what it does. I think it also says something about like en uh, something enchantment, something something costs three more. But I, I just assumed it was gonna make like activated abilities more expensive. Yeah. So white spells cost three more, and then currently Gloom says activated abilities of white enchantments cost three more. But in Alpha, and maybe Beta, but at least Alpha, it says circle of protection abilities oh. cost three more. Okay. <laughs> it's really interesting. So that's, that's what it's actually meant. That's yeah. Sick. That is sick. I should really get it in alpha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll confuse people. How much is it actually? You know what? I'm going to look it up. That's like mm. a stupid common, isn't it? Hey. It's a common, okay. I mean, it's been printed a lot, I think. So oh, man. It could also be like a... If this is a rare, I'm going to... Alpha's going to be tons. Yeah. I'm going to throw so up if this is a rare. If you want alpha, it's going to be... Oh, my God. Why is this not ordered correctly? Alpha starts at 90... Betast. Oh yeah, but oh, you can get it for bad. like for for no money at all. Like foreign black borders is like I don't know, one euro, two euro. Cool. Here you go, Kai. Cent. There you go. You're welcome. You can you can win God of Legacy and be like, for fuck's sake, I won out of Khan's <laughs> stupid gloom, suggestion dude. in the intro of the podcast. <laughs> gloom I, actually did top eight the challenge a challenge last weekend in like a sneaking show sideboard or something. Are you I kidding me? Yeah, they had three in the sideboard. Yeah. I mean, you could also like run it out against Death and Texas if somebody supplies that. <laughs> like, look, yeah. the look in their face. Mother of Runes, four mana. Dude, holy <laughs> shit. I don't know if I can pull that trigger Like after calling uh, my team name Team Style. Yeah, but... Dude, do you have Dark Crystal in your deck? You have to play Gloom. I'm sorry. Like, it, it actually seems potentially insane. That is the craziest, the craziest thing to say for like a legacy format in 2022. <laughs> it's like, look, hey, you know, there's like this alpha, uncommon or whatever. Just play that. <laughs> You know what? Would you have expected Unchained Berserker and something Shrine Genoshi as legacy playables? <laughs> Empty Shrine Genoshi, is it? I'm still not uh, like convinced that that's actually good. No, but it still won the ELM. <laughs> People have been saying that, you know, you can, you can kill those guys with gut shot, dude. They're like... What yeah, but the that's the, 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 the next level is now pe people play that other guy Blood who is yeah, yeah yeah exactly. Gutshot was so the first week of ELM. Yeah, <laughs> I want to say like the first Knight. seven hours of ELM, and, and then people like upgraded. I had three Blood Knights in my painter sideboard in the showcase qualifier. Yeah, tell us about how that worked in a moment. <laughs> I didn't play against I didn't play against a single white deck, <laughs> and I didn't win any oh matches. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, like yeah, how how how's live Callum? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm settling into my new place mostly. Like really liking it here but i just haven't like had much time for other stuff so like living with a friend and we're kind of just every night just chilling listening to records drinking some beer and stuff so i'm playing oh, that's great yeah it's really fun and like the area is cool so we're just like yeah, but just when you stuff. say like listening to records so you have like an extra record player like in the 70s oh yeah yeah so i have a bunch but he is like a, a vinyl nerd and he has thousands so <laughs> we listen to those records but yeah it's cool Last weekend, I ran our like last LLM of the year, so it was meant to be like a special format. So we did three rounds of pre-modern, three rounds of Legacy Unchained with an insane unbanned list. Oh my like, god, I saw that, yeah. With the Damn. most broken stuff. Like The only stuff still banned was like anti-fast artifact <laughs> mana, and then <laughs> Tinker, basically. Um, <laughs> that tells you something about how broken yeah. Tinker is. <laughs> yeah, Tinker, Tinker was a step too far, I thought. Um, I mean, Tinker is like an accelerator and a tutor. It's just like completely broken. Yeah, you just win with both sisters. It was a bit silly. Yeah. Um, 
that was really cool. And then we did cube for the top eight that I I left I had to leave. You can't leave us hanging. Like, what did you play? So I played in Unchained. This was, I knew the deck was bad, but it was way worse than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the, like the most broken format you can imagine. And Callum, I play, I tried to break Mind Twist. Um, Mind Twist sucks so much. Oh my it's god! Like a... <laughs> so <laughs> really, I know it's so bad. So. I think everyone correctly identified that Lurus is obviously completely broken still. So we also said like you don't have to pay three to put it in your hand. So Lurus was just Lurus as printed. So there was like full color with Ren and Six DRS DRC and uh, there's strip mine as well. So Ren and Six strip mine was a thing. And but everyone was just like, okay, well days and force of will are musts, and then you have mental misstep. And so um, oh, you could play yeah. like four mental misstep, four probe, four cable therapy, and yeah. four DRS. Yeah. yeah, like mono one mana. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dragon Rage Channel was also insane in the format, like completely <laughs> broken in the format. But so that was like, that was the level one. I got destroyed by that kind of deck. Francis was playing like Jeskai stuff with um, Lin Vala was a pretty good call he did because like obviously all the free spells. What went 3-0 was uh, Crab Shack. So with fast, with fast Bond and Crabs. Yeah. So Hell it was yeah. a friend, Simo. He'll definitely listen. So hi, Simo. Well done. So he... Had obviously the eight crabs, but usually you win with um, like retreat to Hag Hagra, I think it is, which is like whenever a land ETP is, you drain your opponent for one. But he was actually just milling them. So this is really funny. So he had a few turn one wins where you just go like land, fast bond, land, crab, but then you have one of the Ravnica bounce lands and you just mill them out. But as soon as you take two damage, it doesn't work because they've got more cards in their library than each one you take a fast one. So he was like, <laughs> I can't beat a bolt. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was it was meant to be really fast. Like there was a lot of fast mana. There was like once upon a times and demonic tutors. Like and he went three zero with it. He had a, he had he said it mulligans a lot. You mulligan to four and five loads of times, but you just try and kill them. Can one. can you like kind of already play that vintage anyway? Like fast one is unrestricted now, right? Yeah, yeah, you can. So that's the kind of deck there. But what, anyway, what I did was I tried to do, I did, had Lurus, but I had like um, third Python Iconoclast. So because it makes artifact tokens, I was trying to combine like a Grixis control shell. So I had probe and therapy as well. And you know, it makes tokens. Then because all the tokens are artifacts, I had Teleron Academy plus Mind Twist. So, <laughs> so, it's like somebody dude. shows, hey, let me show you my car. And then it's like, you know, like <laughs> and, and pimp my ride. It's just like, oh, and by the way, there's like five TVs on this and this can fly and it was going to ride on water and stuff. Like, I, I, also <laughs> had, I also had two skull clamps in the deck. So there was one point like where I played against because you take so much damage from all the probes and the missteps and everything. Oh, my my opponent, Jamie, he played like a drag, a, a DRS, DRS? There's so many fucking acronyms. A, a death rate shaman. And then I was on five from just hating myself. So I was like, <laughs> shit, I can't beat it. So I drew like 20 cards in one turn and then just conceded. Because I went like, make all the tokens, play Skull Clamp, and then like Teleron Academy, make 15 mana, keep clamping my tokens, keep playing spells, cast three dig through times, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm dead. <laughs> it's terrible you, you need some free spells in that uh, yeah yeah <laughs> that's hilarious man so that was unchained it was cool it was it was again fun to do once and like uh jasper a friend played a really cool like Teleron academy was obviously completely broken so he played like four defense grids and then leds and wheels and nasa and hollow breacher and stuff so he kind of next leveled that everyone's going to play four mi four misstep game and just played like almost no one drops so he just played mono blue fast manner and wheels which is cool so basically a full-on combo. Yeah, yeah. So like a whole breach with Narset was obviously really good if everyone's playing like cantrips and probes. And but you, you, you couldn't play. You couldn't play like ancestral recall or something. No. So like power nine basically oh, okay. was banned. Time twist was legal, but I think he played one or two. 
Uh, Echo is just better than Time Twister in the deck. Damn. So, you know, like, the, 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 you walk up to, like, a place and it says, like, Power 9 not allowed in here. And then, like, Time Twister goes, like, oh, well, and I was like, okay, you can come in. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, is that, like, a compliment or is it an insult? It's like, you're it's okay. Definitely an insult. Time Twister sucks. I think you could unban Time Twister in Legacy and you wouldn't do anything. Ooh, big call. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun. But the real fun was we played three rounds of pre modern. And I knew this would happen eventually, but. My God, it's so fun. I knew that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a complete sucker for it. And as soon as I kind of get that first injection, I'm like, I'm gone mm -hmm. forever. So that was just so fun. Oh, my God. So now I've just ordered tons of cards this week. Yeah, we're actually going to have a, a pre-modern event in January and uh, in et cetera. And yes. Rising. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I've yeah. actually organized one in January in London as well, off the back of this. So on the, if anyone listening, on the 28th of January, I'm running a pre-modern event. It's free. So you can just come along, rock up and play. And it should be really fun at Rogue's Quarter in Kentish Town. For us, it's going to be the 8th, and it's going to be parallel with the uh, end of year event for the Satara series. Oh, that's cool. I saw that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Kai opted out. Kai gave away his, his spot that he has. So no, yeah, no people dude, are going to fill up with other people. Yeah, that's a day where when I... Uh... It's too small for the God of Legacy. I mean, no, but just, yeah, just fell for the crown <laughs> on the other side of the planet. You yeah, know, yeah. I'm, I'm too big of a fish. Sorry, I don't fit into your pond. <laughs> Still a fish, though. I didn't say that. <laughs> I like how you actually mentioned that you didn't say that. <laughs> that makes it so much. He actually believes it. <laughs> he, he totally said it. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. It's cool. If you drop out, like there's a chance I get in because I didn't really play a lot lately, and my elo is apparently like not high enough because I scrapped out like Maverick once or twice. But yeah. I think if somebody else drops out, then I'm gonna gonna get in. On, you gotta stop ranking. playing green and white creatures. And play red. Creatures. Yeah, like yeah. I had like a couple of like really good finishes with like mm -hmm. broken stuff, like actually with Ragaban. And dude, that, that was like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That's <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's, like sh sh it's crazy, right? Like like how, how Legacy is like supposed to be the format where you can like bring any deck from the past and now it's not true at all. It was, like, was yeah, never the... It was like Ragaban season. Kind of true, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, just to, just to wrap up, pre-modern I played Goblins and God, it was so fun. I actually played pre-modern Goblins last night at Legacy. Just put four Fables in there. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Not very good, but it was pretty fun. The thing I is, like, pre-modern Goblins, when you think about it, that's almost like what like, Legacy Goblins used to look like for a long it's, time, right? Yeah, it's not that far off. You basically lose Vile and Caverns, which are good, obviously, but... Yeah, I mean, you still have like matrons, ringleaders, war chiefs, and then like ports Lucky. and wastelands and yeah. Lackey. Yeah, it's, it's a good deck. I, I went 3-0 in the pre-modern part and uh, did terribly in the Unchained one, but <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm now dedicated i'm gonna brew a deck with like three of my favorite cards ever goblin welder master core and tinker i'm gonna build a deck with those three yeah. in. goblin welder master core cool. and tinker yeah wait 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 wait! but you can't play tinker and, and pre-modern can you yeah yeah you can play four wait what tinker is legal in pre-modern what, yeah. what do you actually get like phyrexian processor i ordered a phyrexian dreadnought today that's like the best thing Wait, you, you, <laughs> wait, did you think of a Dreadnought? Wait, what? That's a, no, no, sorry, not Forex and Dreadnought. Um, Forex and Colossus. Yeah. <laughs> Is that literally the best you can yeah. get? Well, it's more. It's just more of a tutor. So yeah, you can get like, I don't know. You, you Crumbling can get Sanctuary. You, the, like the best things are Mistress Helix, Crumbling Sanctuary. Um, you can play the Forex and Processor combo with some things. Altar uh. Dementia as well. So I'm not sure if it's going to be like a prison deck because obviously Welder with Tangle Wire is sick. Mm -hmm. Um. Also, like Mastercore discarding things for the world is pretty cool. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to build around my those three cards because I love them. So we'll see. Oh, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Huh? <laughs> I love it. Love it. Yeah. Like, when you look at Mastercore, it's like people are going to be like, oh, that's a downside. Like, what downside? That's my that's my discard outlet. Mm -hmm. This is how it cheats stuff into play with Welder. Dude, exactly. Welder is just such a great card. It's and speaking, 
In I was about to say, Julian, tell us what you've been doing recently. Uh, just a lot of painting, seriously. Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is now every canvas eternal. And like, sorry, yeah. Kai. We yeah, like to hear that. Podcast. like to hear that. Yeah, we talked you know about what, that, like... right? Kai is literally the only painter on the podcast, but he's the only one not playing painter on Legacy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, a few months ago, Julian was like, oh, for fuck's sake, Callum, this is another painter episode, isn't it? And now every... it's all painter episodes. Yeah, it pretty much is. Like, I actually bought the deck. Uh, I By now, I have the entire deck. At least some of it is still yes. on the way, uh, except for the two cities that I'm still like, thinking about. And yeah, I've been playing it a lot, lot, lot. Like, I've already started playing it like half a year ago, and then I played it more and more and more. And then, yeah, yeah I started like leeching the wisdom from Callum. And mm -hmm. I have access to the secret Callum Painter Bible, which I don't know if you're ever, ever going to finish that. Uh, otherwise, uh, I, I guess we can almost like publish it as this. <laughs> but... I, sh I, sh I should just publish it as is. Like I've been so lazy with it. I think I wrote it like four months ago now. I did a bunch at the beginning and then just stopped. So. Well, the thing is, like, we're, we're going to make a pact. I'm going to finish our stupid website and then um, you're going to finish that and I'm going to put it on if you like. Otherwise, you can also okay. sell it if you like, of course. I'm not going to sell it. I'm just going to. Oh, that's really good if anyone listening if you if you want to see it you can go into the painter discord and then in the resources channel it's just pinned you can oh you're stealing our thunder <laughs> oh yeah. we're gonna release this thing that everybody already had access to anyway but yeah i i played two legacy challenges and i made top eight in both uh lost the finals and oh, yes. the last one that i played and painter is just insane and especially against against the white initiative deck i i just feel like I'm at this point where if I'm paired against them, I actively feel good about it. You know how, how a lot of matchups in Legacy yeah. feel like, oh, okay, this is fine, or oh, this is maybe not great, but also like, basically that, that's the, the vast majority of matchups in Legacy is just like, okay, we can play. And then mm -hmm. there's some where you feel like, oh, shit. And then there's some where you feel like, okay, cool. And yeah. <laughs> it's a I very, like the, very the good only, description. The only reason like that matchup could be bad is just because the deck has so much more raw power. Painter just has all the tools to win it. Like it's set up really well. It plays to the board so well and has so many onboard tricks. And it, yeah, it has all the tools to beat it very consistently. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if Im imagine being positive against Mono White Initiative and not even play uh, Gloom. <laughs> I, I saw a couple of people mention that um, on on Twitter. Was it XJ or Luinel or somebody? Um, they mentioned that Painter is one of their very worst matchups of the most played decks, and it certainly feels like that when I play against it. Yeah, I think basically the deck has. Just to boil it down quickly, I think initiative is like 50-50 against Elva. It's very close. They're both just gunning for each other, and that is what it is. But I think Breakfast has a better matchup against initiative, but worse against Elva. And then Painter is probably slightly positive against initiative and even to slightly positive against Elva, but very close, though. Yeah. So, so to, to me, it just like feels like I... Fury is just so insane. Like, I had yeah. so many games where I play a turn one creature and then they do whatever they want to do in the first turn. Then I fury it away. I steal the initiative. And they often just, like, straight up don't get it back because they don't, don't have haste or stuff. Or even, like, if they start committing stuff to the board, then you you often just kill them with a combo. And if you don't, then it probably involves solitude, which makes their draw weaker. It's just, like, it always feels like they're, they're one step behind. Yeah, that's I think that's my experience as well. Oh, I haven't nice. played it as much as you, I think, but it's... Uh, Painter just plays to the board so well and it, like... It's the beauty of the like greatest sum of its parts. It cobbles together this really impossible to actually deal with board state of like the goblins, and then you're threatening like to take the initiative and kill their creatures. You're, you've almost got lethal, but then you've almost got the combo together as well, and they just don't know what's in your hand or what's going to come. Yeah, the, the one yeah. thing that lines up really well against us is if they are on the play and they go with Chalice on one, and you you have a couple of one uh, um, drops. I I kind of somewhat struggle against Chalice on one. I don't like mm -hmm. always lose against it, but it's, it's at a point where I'm like thinking about the side part because there's 
Sometimes yeah. matchups where I feel like, dude, I can, literally can't remove this as, except with like some Velda tricks if I already have it on the board. A braid is not bad in the matchup. I I just hate playing a braid. It's, I don't want to play a braid. It's such, it's such a mopey, boring, nothingy card. But like fiery confluence doesn't. It used to be. It's good against like red stumpy because you could sweep the goblins as well. But it only kills chalices a bit slow. It's really weak to like um the elite spellbinder and anointed peacekeeper. So I think you want like that or ancient grudge or like haywire might or something to get off saga. But it's a bit slow. Mm. I don't know. I'm... Oh, you know what we can do? We can do. We can defile it. Yes, yeah. So we can get to Defiler soon. <laughs> I think Defiler solves the matchup even more. I like how we're talking about legacy and, and our solution to their turn one plays a five drop. <laughs> <laughs> Defiler completely destroys the matchup. It's just, it's. I think I said it on the last podcast, but um, I lent my painter deck to Niv, who's uh, Trunks online, and he played against Rodrigo in the hotel lobby at like 3 a.m., and he went 6 1 because of Defiler's against Rodrigo's initiative. Defiler's deck. insane, yeah. 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 I actually have so, four copies of it here. If you ever like oh, you yes. get drunk and try four copies, uh, I'm ready. Well, I played three because I was drunk. It's four <laughs> seasons. <laughs> I guess that works. That works. But it, it was the perfect like test, right? I, I really thought one was the right number. And then I was like to Jasper, let's go crazy and play two. And then the night before I was like, ah, fuck it. Let's play three. Cut bolts. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad I did because I it was the best test to see like... I was thinking I wanted to play two just so I draw it more to see if it's bad to draw, but it's great to draw. It's so good. You can cast it and then you just weld it straight out if you need to, or like it's it's so good, man. Awesome. Yeah, we'll carry on with your top eights in a second, but like um, yesterday, Inkwelder in the Painted Discord, he won the 90s MTG league. I, I don't know how big it is or stuff, but um, a bunch of people just keep posting in the Discord saying they won their thing. So. It's actually really so like when you talk to people I, I went to etc yesterday and i think there were at least one or two people who just told me they want to build painter and they're like buying brighters now in cities and stuff and they're like dude we, we started some kind of like i mean <laughs> you started some kind of revolution i'm just like here i'm here for the ride the, and, the painter cult yeah yeah the cult of painter all it took was cutting con <laughs> <laughs> and adding fable you told me that some people still don't want to play fable and painter right even though it's literally some. the only like list that ever puts up results. Uh, actually that's the five color list the five color list also sometimes puts no up results. no shortcake i it actually makes sense so shortcake was the highest performing deck at eternal weekend in america i can't remember his exact name but he's uh, eddie visconti in the discord he went eight two with uh shortcake and like no fables still playing root uh, Khan and Imperial Recruiter. I'm actually looking at the at the stats from Eternal Weekend, but yeah, I guess they don't differentiate. It's all lumped together, though. Yeah, it's... yeah. Um, Shortcake is still like has definitely got pros over it. It's faster at comboing. It assembles, you know, lock pieces and the canonist is really good against any of the combo decks and stuff. Mm -hmm. I do think Red is better and like it is the one putting up the most results. But I don't want to be like, haha, they're not playing Fable at all. I'm not discrediting it. It's Shortcake is is really good as well. Like Jack Kitchen is still playing it in challenges and stuff and. You know, it's a classic deck as well. It's just, I think they're both good. I think both have good initiative matchups. Arguably, Shortcake might even be better against initiative. They don't always play Furies, which is a big swing piece, but they can as assemble the combo much faster and they do like, they can get bridged down really fast game ones as well mm -hmm. and can't, can't win. So I think both are very good against initiative. We'll see. So, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I, finally, like for the last episode of the year, I actually want to do the thing where we... We actually go over the topics before we actually ch uh, top, uh, challenge them. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I prepared this. Maybe this is way too loud. But yeah, guys, this is this is the final episode of the year. 
and I thought we should do something special as in like sticking to our show notes. So yeah, we're gonna talk about the hot takes that Callum and Kai have about the Legacy Meta game. Then we're gonna check out the results from some of the biggest Legacy events that we had on the entire planet in like almost a decade, I wanna say. And then finally, we go our highlights of 2022, what happened in the format, what we enjoyed the most. And then we're also gonna have a short uh, look into the future to actually figure out what 2023 is gonna bring for us. So I, I'm really excited for that. We already teased it on the last episode. And by saying that, actually, we, we no, no, we have a very, very quick listener question from the Discord, from Nieder, Nieder. And the question is, what is the most load-bearing card in Legacy? I saw that on my phone the other day, and I immediately had Force of Will on my head. And I think, yeah, Callum, you're the same, right? It's Force of Will, like, by so, so far, in my opinion. Kai, what Force do you of, think? Force of Will, Force of Negation, all of those. Yeah, basically, basically the card with, that would, if you removed one card from Legacy... It would cause the biggest change in the meta game and in, in anything in the play experience, whatever. I think uh, it's for I think it's force of will, but a lot of, a lot of talk has been around our uh, days, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think I think wasteland yeah. is more important than with days. I think it goes oh, yeah? for, force then wasteland, and then I would put like endurance pretty close to the top. Well, that's interesting. I, w- interesting. I was thinking about okay. something like dual lands or fetch lands because without those, the mana bases would look like very that's differently. That's true. Fetch, fetch oh, is dude, probably second, that, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's boring. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't mind, dude. Like you know, Delva plays Steam events these days, and Doomsday plays on a Watery Grave, so you know. Well, you, you played four Watery Graves, didn't you? I, yeah, you play a full set. If you're really pro, <laughs> then uh, you go full, full Watery Graves. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's uh, our answer. And now we want to go back to the hot takes, guys. You already kind of like teased that, and I remember we talked about that. A little bit on uh, in in, in uh, Bologna is ready uh, already. What, what, why don't yeah, we yeah. start with like ancient tomb? Callum, you, you, you had like a tie. Oh, Callum, you want to say something? Uh, Kai, that was Kai. Oh, no, that was may- Kai. Yeah. Fifty chance. May I say it? Ancient tomb is the best card in the format. Oh, he said it. Tell us more about the powers in Ancient Tomb. <laughs> Ancient Tomb is literally Misha's workshop. You heard it first. Shit. Mm. I wanted to drink something, but I had to stop myself because I would have spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> Ancient Tomb is actually better than Misha's workshop. You can spend it on anything. Yeah, you can play white. Oh god, yeah, this is gonna make for some awesome sound pieces, like for the next year or something. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> next year, Ancient Tomb is banned. No, don't say. It. No, I, I would be so sad. Um, that, that it, it's is... been. I think it's been on the border for a long time, but like. I didn't think of it until recently. I didn't think like it's. I always thought it's a pillar of the format. I never kind of. And I always knew it was completely like incredible, but I never kind of considered it in the same conversation as Brainstorm, which has always been accepted as like yeah, the dude. best card. Ancient Tomb is literally card advantage, dude. Like you have yeah. one card and that makes two mana. Like tell, name any other card that does that. But it's okay, card advantage I guess that, I, and tempo. I guess that thought... Like it gains you an extra mana. Like every turn you use it as well. Yeah. Like a you lot of the time I, with, with Pinter, I'm like plat- I'm plotting out my turns, and I'm like, if I go Mountain Welder into turn two Ancient Tomb, like Painter, Leave of a Blast, and I'm like, nah, man, just fucking play your Ancient Tomb turn one, just get ahead on board, get more ahead on mana. So more mana you get. Yeah, it's <laughs> so yeah. You know what? I think that's that's exactly what people said back in the day and te- before Tempest, when like Tempest got like uh, when they had like the spoiler season for Tempest, and it's like, dude, Dark Land is just insane. You can now power out. Alluren or something, some <laughs> shit. or like yeah. whatever the most powerful thing was in back in the day. But yeah, Alluren's pretty good. But yeah. it's it is like 
its power is always based on the the rest of the format like obviously so it is now i think saying the best card Absolutely. because because of dungeon stompy um, i think i want to add something to, to to the ancient tomb thing though mm -hmm. um i think i want to ancient tomb obviously is broken land but um fast mana in general mm -hmm. is so much more valuable these days because the payoff cards that are three four mana they always give you something back immediately right like those dungeon cards they give you they literally give you a basic land on the, on the first chapter so like you, like it doesn't matter if you burn a lotus petal or two or a chromox or what have you mm -hmm. right you, you get like the instant um right back the same thing with fable of the mirror breaker like all those cards i think that's like what has been like lacking for the for the longest time is like those super snowbally immediate value kind of cards that have multiple colorless mana symbols mm -hmm. yeah like in the past like ancient tomb was in show and tell which is like a different style of deck but then the stumpy decks were playing like well, obviously rakdos pit dragon and gathan raiders and stuff like those yeah. things you can ignore for a turn or two as well like let alone them giving you value back you can just use a sword to removal spell yeah especially against gathan raiders <laughs> it's like two for one <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's the opposite isn't it but um yeah like i mean it's no no secret in like moon stumpy ancient tomb is the best card as well um yeah, when you think about it, it's actually kind of crazy because I played the Vintage Eternal Weekend and I was lazy. I just played Ravager Workshops. And afterwards, I felt like I feel so stupid for playing a Mishra's Workshop deck when I could have played an Ancient Tomb White Initiative uh, yeah, like Stompy yeah. deck. And yeah, yeah th th there's something to it that Ancient Tomb is better than Mishra's Workshop. I mean, in Vintage, is of course because of the, the um, initiative creatures. But yeah, in Vintage, it literally felt like Ancient Tomb was better than Mishra's Workshop. I, I think it probably is, honestly, because of the initiative creatures and how good they are. I, I completely buy that. Yeah, that to me is absolutely crazy. Obviously, there is like, you know, like um, you can punch Ancient Tomb uh, type of decks because Ancient Tomb um, shocks you every time. So, uh, you know, if you have like a deck that has a lot of reach, maybe a lot of flyers, um, a quick clock, anything like that, then as long as Ancient Tomb decks are uh, on the defense, then, you know, you're, you're kind of like in a winning position. Yeah, yeah the I lifeless is relevant uh, every once in a while, for sure. I do feel like the card Delver of Secrets is just very good against it. So you're always <laughs> going to have that, that that bug leaning leaning around. But yeah, I, I I don't know like if it'll stay like this. I mean, just let's say hypothetically initiative is either banned or like errata to be, you have to have two or more opponents or something. If that deck just is cut off, I, I maybe, maybe it changes and Brainstorm is better. But I think current legacy, at least, I think it's quite strongly the best card in the format. Have you do you listen to uh, the the Carnies podcast that Andrea Mangucci and Javi uh, Dominguez do? I do. I haven't listened to the latest one, if that's what you're mentioning, but I do listen to it. I I only listen to the latest one. Okay, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> per perfect team, and Kai hasn't listened to any of them. I the guess. last ones I listened to was like I've listened one. to the first one. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, that, that's As actually a worse like testimony you could give than any of us. <laughs> well, I've listened to most of them, just not the latest one. Yet. No, I, I listened to the one where they talked about like the state of legacy, and okay. Kavi actually mentioned that he's like. Kevi really, really, really believes that something out of the initiative deck has to go. Oh, is this the one it... with Andrea on as well? Yeah, yeah, isn't the, Andrea. Because the one before, have, it's without Andrea, and Javier goes into it quite deeply, and he very much doesn't like the deck or the mechanic. Yeah, then we actually listened to the same one. I think they actually released yeah. one maybe today or, or yesterday that I didn't listen to. But yeah, I, I actually okay. listened to that part because I wanted to hear his take, and he's like... I've really like heard him like being so. Oh, something has to go out of this. Yeah. This is like not reasonable at all. No, he thinks it's it's too broken, and I I can see it honestly. I mean, and Javier is he's a world champion. He he doesn't like spout like for bans when it's unnecessary. I think. Yeah, he also is like one of the the best grips on legacy for I, I would yeah. say. 
Uh, yeah, I still yeah. remember that article you wrote about like cantrips and stuff, and I guess we were going to segue into that in a moment as well. Yeah, and yeah, that was one of the most influential legacy articles in, in the new era whenever that started. I guess. Yeah, it kind of like <laughs> hit everyone. Was like I didn't expect such a revolutionary, but like amazing article to come out like at that time or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's the second part. Something we also talked about in Bologna, and oh. I don't know which one of you two. I think Kai, it was you, yeah, right? When yeah, you went dude. back to the I, hotel one night. I said it, it hurts so much to say it because I because I don't think I've ever slept up a deck without this card in my seventy five, um, in my lifetime legacy career. No but way. I think, I, but seriously, okay. Let, um, I'm gonna say it now. Ponder, not looking good. It's uh, it's dying a bit. And um, you know, like I mean, like Preordain is already dead. Uh, we we can all agree on that, I think. And um, if I ask you, like, like what is scarier, turn one ancient tomb or turn one island into ponder? Well, you know, mm-hmm. you got the answer. Yeah, the thing is, like, yeah. it goes hands in hand with what you said about fast mana, right? Like, fast mana is so powerful, and it the legacy is rewarding you for using your mana fast and early. And whenever you spend a mana on Ponder, in the past it was like, yeah, the filtering is worth sacrificing a mana for, like a slight loss of tempo. But now, if you're spending one mana on your turn for a Ponder, like that's your turn, blue decks don't play that much fast mana, and your opponent is using three or four mana, you are you just get so far behind on tempo. It's, it's a matter of what the other decks in the format are doing. Not exactly that Ponder's power level is too low, it's just relevant to like the rest of the format. If the rest of the format slows down again and everyone's, you know, playing a bit more fair then fine but it's they both go hand in hand i think ancient tomb good ponder bad and then it's a sliding scale and then they'll go back again oh yeah absolutely also also mm-hmm. like they're kind of connected because ancient tomb decks tend to play cards like chalice of the void thalia you know yeah those kind yeah. of cards that are naturally good against ponder but uh like i i don't know about you guys but like every time i see i, I face um a delva opponent and uh, my delva opponent goes like turn one fetch volcanic island ponder oh, I'm dude so I'm, happy. I'm 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 like yeah. what is this like the, is this the actual buy what is going on <laughs> it's my <you> know? dream <laughs> dude, seriously it's like it's like almost like you were kind of like mind uh mind slavering your opponent for like a turn here, <laughs> i think right? part of it is like ponder is good when you Basically, like when you make up the tempo disadvantage by raw power level through your answers, especially in the second and the third game, and your sideboard cards are really, really strong, and they they make up for the loss in tempo or damage or whatever that you suffered because you played Ponder or, or like didn't immediately have something. But now we're at the state, and it's more apparent than ever with the the white stompy deck. You can't undo all the damage they have done and all the advantage they have gained through a single sideboard card. So even if you ponder into, let's say, your meltdown or I don't know, virtuous ruin or what have you, the the other side is still coming out ahead. Like you reset at least maybe the board or or, or you reset some variable. But since they they also attack you on a second variable, and that could either be like you know like the the dungeon or putting stuff into the graveyard, like we do with the painter for example, with Phyrexian dragon engine stuff, or or even something like let's say um. um it's a saga right you you reset the board and then maybe next turn or saga is going to make a, a thing and and uh get something from the from the deck and you you don't get the same kind of reset effect that these decks that played ponder used to get out of their sideboard cards and that's a problem if you don't also happen to have like a very very quick start which again turn one ponder doesn't really produce the quickest of starts yeah it's a great point I mean, Ponder is still good turn four and five, but you need to rely on your deck to get you to that point. It's, 
yeah it's it's weird it's funny to say that because it's still in like most yeah. of the decks that are doing well but maybe, maybe we should also like differentiate between um, ponder in a fair deck and ponder in a non-fair deck right yeah, yeah ponder also um i think i never mentioned this on on this podcast but i, I do believe that brainstorm in storm for example I, at least like when storm was super powerful and um, um, brainstorm in storm was like absolute broken where he's like a, a brainstorm in Esper Stoneblade deck back in the day <laughs> could never be a broken card you know but you get to shuffle can, away your battle skull again and play and it again. holy shit i mean that's that's considered broken right yeah yeah but no you're right <laughs> i i right? Le- one of my big level ups in learning legacy was countering like brainstorms from storm yeah dude like all the time they, they could get led led infernal tutor and then it's game over do, do yeah. you remember that pain that the pain storm <laughs> that brainstorm <laughs> you uh, oh my god we should actually make a pain storm you just like draw, draw three cards and then you can pay four mana and keep like extra uh, four life and like basically still in library and brainstorm no but remember Jesus the brainstorm Christ. you had Andre, uh, against andrea Manguchi at the elm when he played chalice on one you restorm you response you brainstormed and you that- literally Get like everything Dude, you needed. That's in exactly what I meant. So like Andrea Mangucci went like Chelsea of the War um, X one against me, and on stack I I brainstorm I um I ha- and I brainstorm exactly into Cabal Ritual and Doomsday or, or something like that, and um like that brainstorm literally decided the game. You know where he's like the same brainstorm in a control deck would have maybe gotten just weaker cast in general, right? Um, find a force, maybe, or the, yeah, the maybe so. Pitch, but then the game's or... not over, you know. Like no. that—that's maybe like the the point I want to make. So like Ponder will obviously stay in Legacy, uh, and it will be always a four off in any uh, combo deck, show and tell, Doomsday, you name it, Storm. Um, but in fair decks, eh, you know, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if if people cut. Um, pawn this maybe for for some for actual like uh some interaction on the board instead you know if cards like i don't know ice think quartle maybe that kind of cantrips but also like you know has like a f- body attached to it mm. so it impacts the board a little bit s- things like that right I'm not, I'm not sure i'm quite at the like actively trying to cut it but yeah it's definitely not at its height i don't know if you saw but the showcase qualifier may who's one of the like the best magical line players came second with three ponders in their deck it's the beginning it's happening <laughs> it's all, and it's always the japanese players they just they just are so smart and ahead of everyone else i feel like yeah dude they live in the future man yeah may was that's playing... actually why kai had to leave japan i was like dude, <laughs> sorry you don't cut it here anymore <laughs> yeah GG, <laughs> bye-bye. from the future uh, yeah <laughs> may, may was playing delver but like without delvers so the, like the blue red milk tide mid-range deck so like had main deck e as well as another answer to chalice um and Shredder Dude, main and deck ee i've been wrecked by fucking main deck ee yeah i saw <laughs> just I, like destroyed yeah yeah thrown into the trash game one you just lose the match it was so brutal <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah um i i wonder uh that's like like kind of mentioned right i'm not sure whether we are at the point of like cutting pond now because it's still like it's still great. I, I, it's was, like, I was almost going to say it's but, still blue, so it like, also ups the blue count while being playable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but there's just, there's just more. There's just so much more punishing mechanics and cards and play patterns in the format than in the past. That's, that's it. I guess it's still like a great top deck in the late game. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even though I never really bought into that, like being relevant. But <laughs> I mean, when Delver just always like, you get them empty handed and they draw Ponder into EI into Murktide and like, sweet. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, that's that's our our hot take, a very hot take, and uh, let's let's uh, let's see where we are next year. In I, was, I was just gonna say, like, I really want to like re-listen to this episode and end of two thousand twenty-three and just be like, dude, what 
three idiots. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you know, they're going to reprint like a, a functional, like the same Ponda in, in some yeah, kind like, of like supplementary set and everybody plays eight Ponda and we're like, oh, right, oh, right, yeah. yeah, okay. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. that if, was if, fun. If they made that Sylvan Library brainstorm. Pain. Painstorm. Painstorm. Then Death Pain Shadow is just the best Star. deck of the format. Can you imagine Death Shadow going Ancestral Me playing my Death Shadow? Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Bad, Julian. Bad. Stop. Oh, but the name is so amazing. Painstorm. Painstorm's good. Well, if you make it a Painstorm, make it like draw two, put one back. Because yeah. it's painful because it's worse. But that's a good point you made because um, I am also like, Legacy is slowly becoming vintage. Um, mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, you know what we should really do? Yeah. You should really have like a thing where we take a vintage deck from 2000 and I don't know. Like how far can you go in vintage to... You definitely need to go before Bellas' Citadel. I think that yeah, was... Yeah, yeah, like I was, I was thinking about like vintage from 2005 versus today's Legacy. And I'm actually curious who would win. Oh, I bet Legacy would win. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as long yeah. as Legacy like gets to... I, I mean, as long as you don't go like Bazaar and Legacy just like doesn't Wait, have... Wait, no, 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 because back then you had like... Four Chalice, Four Trinosphere, That's true. Lodestone. Oh, that was yeah. so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and you had eight spheres, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, eight no, spheres. The, yeah. Like the, 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 the other spheres yeah. came in 2007. So 2007 would be like where you have eight spheres and then like yeah. Four Trinosphere. <laughs> I mean, a legacy deck could probably beat a deck like Oath, for example, right? Because of Prismatic Ending and, and, and yeah. whatnot and Countess. Yeah, and probably also a lot of like those like fish decks. Um but Mitch's workshop is uh It's kind of like bullshit that both decks actually get before like uh Crystal Brands. I'm trying to remember. Oh, they the wasn't there like um They got Runescot Demon for a while. Yeah, the, the, that gave you like extra stuff. turns and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's not exciting. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, before that was like I don't know. Somebody should set it up. I bet they uh, used to play Vizara. But I, I played Oath in my very first event and I got Hellkite Overlord. Nice. And then there was a time I think people also played like a chroma, but then there yeah. was like this this middle period where Look, people... we're talking about we're talking about pre modern now. <laughs> you know, people get people get Phantom Neshoba off oath. Yeah, but the, those are the bad lists, right? Yeah. Like Mark Vogt played like the good list with like with um, Shard, Shard Phoenix. Shard yeah. Phoenix and the the other guy is Ancient something. Where uh, you get like life you equal to graveyard. Yeah, it's ancestral. Uh, Ancestors Chosen. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it's like the, seven mana, four, four. It used to be a card in Dredge in 2010 when I played yeah, Dredge. I like that. when he went. <laughs> Spe- speaking of a Chroma, one of my hot texts to maybe break the showcase qualifier with Dungeon Stompy was the red Chroma with Ephemerate and Touch of Fury. Are you shitting yeah. me? Holy six, six, flying haste, pro white baby. That was one of my ideas you know you know, you know like the craziest tech i've heard um so far well, but, but like, so to interrupt punch. you there for those who are wondering that's a morph so you can morph it and then ephemerate it to the front side yeah yeah oh that's so smart okay yeah, we, we don't because... hardcast it kai <laughs> oh no oh, oh okay because Oops. because <laughs> yeah because the flicker effects are just good with like solitudes and stuff as well and your initiative creatures so oh, yeah, you got, yeah you guys are so smart well yeah. the idea is from kinda kind mtg a friend yeah. of ours what a yeah, big brain, big brain. Yeah, he does. I brain. was I was thinking about also. I had like this uh, this other card. I just picked it up some, somewhere like the other day. It's Anima, um, Soul of oh, whatever. It's like yeah. a commander. It's like a t- a, t- a Timor rock colored commander. It has protection white and black, and you know, so it basically reads protection from mono white init- um, dungeon stompy initiative, and also protection from dismember. Dude, mm. what a tech. But it's a one-one, and then you get like counters as creatures ETB. 
No, you know, just it's get just gets gut shotted and that's yes. it. <laughs> I was about to say gets gut shotted or the thing, is, the thing is like seriously though, like people we we talk about gut shot, but gut shot literally has only been in the decks for like a couple of days. Like nobody these days plays gut shot in these decks anymore. Yeah, because everyone went on to Blood Knight. Yeah, but so like in that or, case, like gut shot shouldn't really be a factor anymore, should it? I have seen another one of the ideas was Circle of Protection White for the mirrors. Oh, dude, that, that brings yeah. Gloom back again. Holy shit, dude. This is, this is old school magic. I'm yeah, yeah. Well, because they can't even touch the spirit realm. It's creature or artifact. So, like, if you get mm. white thing in and just keep mana up, they, they can only hit you with that 4-1 skeleton. <laughs> I think. Nothing else, right? Yeah, unless you have, like, I, I don't know, like, uh, I've seen people with walking ballista, but that's not really a thing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe cop white is still the answer to the mirror. <laughs> cop white. Actually, isn't that isn't that like that rune that actually like rune of protection that has cycling and you need like a white mana to activate? Is that uh, worse? It might be. Yeah, it's much worse because you can't use like a ancient tomb or. A... Oh, that's true. Did yeah. you know if there's a patron play on white and then you tap ancient tomb, you could protect, prevent the damage. But how would you? Oh, but you need to proactively like do so it if right the, because if, it's if not trigger. Ancient... Yeah, so you, if the Ancient Tomb is white, the Painter, you tap mm -hmm. it, the trigger goes in the stack saying deal two damage to you. Oh, but that's not trigger. Ancient Tomb doesn't have a trigger. Oh, sorry, so you do it before, the, you, do it before you tap it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's you, what I meant was like preemptive. You choose, you're right, you're right. Yeah, sorry, my bad. So yeah, you choose the Ancient Tomb and then you tap it and it prevents the damage. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see you so win good. like a big event that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe Shortcake could play Cop White. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm like... I'm so tribal when it comes to these different painter decks. I'm like shortcake. Eh. I love I love uh. shortcake. You they're love playing, it? They're playing. I don't know. Yeah. I just I, I once won. I lost a table tennis match over in the Lightning Tutor when I was in school in seventh grade, and ever since I hate <laughs> the Lightning Tutor. They're they're playing cop blue for Merktide as well at the moment. It's pretty cool. Okay, but, no, um, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, and over the you name blue with painter as well, so it's like cop everything. Um. <laughs> anyway, I anything any painter the deck that doesn't have cantrips, I'm I'm a fan of. Cool. Yeah. So, in in speaking of winning big events with interesting decks, uh, actually those decks are not that interesting. But we still should like at least bring them up, right? We had three, four, like it depends on how you count. Some of the very, very biggest legacy ones we have seen in like I want to say like five years or something, like outside of like maybe GPs. And we already talked about Bologna Four Seasons last time, which was actually the biggest legacy event of the year at 480, I want to say. But Eternal Weekend in North America is basically just as big. It had 468 players. And <laughs> look at that top eight. I think this this event was... Everyone... A lot of people expected it. Um, but this was the real breakout of paper initiative Stompy or Dungeon mm -hmm. Stompy. Um, I, th I was listening to the Eternal Glory podcast the other day. I think they put it quite well. I can't remember who exactly said it, but they said there was a lot of people there who knew whisperings of the deck, but they they're not clued into, you know, all the podcasts or what's going on Magic Online. So they, you know, they they keep buying new cards for it. They see their deck and what additions they get, but they weren't ready for the absolute raw power of this deck. And I think it ran a lot of people over in paper. Yeah, and it certainly shows in the win rate, right? First of all, we have three copies in the in the top eight in the hands of Chris McGuire, uh, Robert Hayes, and Eric English. Eric English is a name I remember. Didn't Eric like play Lance or something or Delva? Like, I did not know time much ago? about him other than our friend of the podcast, Kinda. He said he taught him how to play Legacy in America back in the day. So <laughs> shout out to Eric. That's really cool. You've cool. created this monster that is Patrick. <laughs> oh, and then he had to adopt like that name, English. Oh, no, it's the other way around. Okay, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, this deck mono white initiative was the second most played deck in this almost 500 player event 
And it had That's... a 65% win rate. That is insane, man. Both of those things are insane. For like a brand new deck with four City of Traders, which, you know, some people will have, but like for a quote-unquote no de new deck, I know the cards came out six months before, but like it was kind of new in spirit and both those things are completely ridiculous. 65 is unreal. <laughs> and to be to be the second most played deck, like for something that's just come yeah. on the scene officially, like mental. Yeah, yeah. and that's a lot of Thalias also. <laughs> it says, says the ponder boy <laughs> yeah and it's actually kind of interesting that you mentioned that that part about like people not being super prepared for it i noticed that at four seasons as well one round there was a guy sitting next to me who was playing death and taxes and he had never seen the deck and he like had every card of the initiative deck explained to him and at, at some point i might have mentioned that he, he takes the season dungeon here and he literally holds it over to me and in like Italian English, he, he basically goes like, this card is ridiculous. And I'm like, yeah, welcome, welcome to Legacy right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah, we, we saw the 65% win rate in that. And on the very same day, Eternal Weekend Online took place. Initiative Stumpy was also the second most played deck there, but it only had a 55% non-mirror win rate. I think 55 is still insane yep. because yep. Magic Online is so prepared for it. I was going to say that yeah. people there were more prepared for it, right? Yeah. 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 Like fifty five is still high, very high. It's it's yeah. it's basically the barrier that Wizards have quoted of if a deck is consistently over fifty five, that's where they look at it and if it carries on doing it, they take action. Yeah. Something that also stuck out to me, um by the way, big shout outs to Warrod XP and the entire Legacy Data Collection crew, because that's where I get all these these stats from. The the matchup against Derva in the paper event in uh, North America was sixty two percent. They won forty two matches and lost twenty five. 62% against Deva, like, whoa, That's holy moly. so much as well, yeah. The second most played deck in the format, like, Deva, that must be, like, a pretty rude awakening for them. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And then it was less in the online one, though, right? And the Deva, it was, and uh, the online one was basically even, like, it was 27 okay. to 32, which is, like, that's just, like, too close to call. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it's going to be, I, I'm still in the camp of, I, I want to see what happens in the next couple of months, but these first numbers are very scary but you know i'm not like a oh we, players need time to adapt i'm not totally sure that we can adapt like the deck is insane but um it's going to be interesting with like the biggest target on his head uh, what happens yeah you know what etc we just had a tournament with like 40 40 something players and first place second place wide initiative wide initiative <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, I, what was I think I saw like what the top six decks after Swiss was Ancient Tomb decks, something like that. Yeah, we, we actually we had no. Uh, I believe we had absolutely no brainstorm deck in the top. But actually, let me pull it up here. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah, yeah. somebody commented like, "Did you did you have like a special event where you just literally just straight up band, <laughs> band brainstorm, brainstorm or something? You just brand brainstorm. <laughs> it's soft band. Yeah. But so... maybe we, maybe we should also mention that there's um in the in the Magic Online event there was uh, three copies of Elves. Which um seems to be like a decent deck against both Delva and Mono White Initiative. Yes, I th Stompy. It's, it's 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 not it's not super good, but it's it's decent. No, this is I think this was like the breakout weekend of there's a there's a pattern. So I think the decks we've kind of covered as good against Initiative so far is like Cephalid Breakfast and Painter, um and then yeah, Elves like Reduke came ninth at the American Eternal Weekend with Elves with like combo Nettle Elves. And then that same day, as Julian said, we had three all nettle combo glimpse of nature combo elves in the magical line weekend. And the, these are not flukes. The deck is good against initiative, very good. Um, we've seen Erin Relentless, who's um, 
been doing pretty well online recently with it as well, and he's back to championing like this style. And all these decks together, so like Elves and Painter and Seth the Breakfast, have ways to win, which don't use combat damage. I know Kratov actually wins with the combat damage, but not really. Um, but they play to the board, right? So they, they don't get hit by the Elite Spellbinder as much, and they, they have ways to beat Chalice as well, like Painter has Urza Saga to get the Grindstone, Seth for Breakfast has Urza Saga to get the Shuko, or you can like Stoneforge it in, or Elves has uh, Shepherd and stuff. So they all have all the tools to like play to the board, so you can take the initiative if you need to, play around it. Um, and then just this like overwhelming combo that isn't just blocked with, with big creatures, basically. They kind of go wide to an extent as well, or they just play a combo that gets ignored by the board presence that Stumpy tries to build up. So I think Elves is definitely one of the best decks in the format to be initiative as well. Yeah, I, I can definitely buy that. Uh, honestly, I haven't played it all that much lately. Uh, really not all that much. Uh, certainly not against wide initiative, uh, but I'm I'm pretty pretty optimistic let's say it's still but when it comes to Deva, um you you know what i think about the matchup i think it's just like straight up even or could even be bad if Deva camps like really prepared for us because elves mm -hmm. usually can't afford to be really prepared for Deva. but it's like always a matchup that you play it's it's neither direction really yeah. where you feel like oh this is bad but overall yeah very very good choice right now well something to note is um like sweepers to an extent of like rough tumble and stuff that were good against Moon Stompy and stuff are not very good against Initiative Stompy. So I think we're seeing less sweepers and we're probably seeing... I'm trying to work out what Delver are kind of cutting from their sideboards to try and find tools to be Initiative. And I think it's stuff like the um, in the festivities, it's stuff like the second Meltdown, it's stuff like the third or second Surgical. It's these cards which you can probably work out what they're kind of trim and trying to take advantage of. So I think Delver does have less sweepers at the moment. The thing well. is, like, nobody really cares all that much about the graveyard anymore, right? Uh, I mean, Reanimator is still there, but other than that, actually, let, let me look up the, da the data of the Legacy Data Collection Group. They have graveyard at, okay, so in Eternal Weekend Online was like 10% graveyard decks. So, I mean, whatever graveyard actually means, but let's just go with that. And in paper, it was 4% graveyard mm. decks. Because <laughs> no one wants to go to Eternal Weekend and play Reanimator, or very few. I mean, yeah. you, that's the only graveyard deck that people really care about these days, right? What, what else is there? Like a dedicated graveyard deck where you feel like, oh, I really want graveyard head. Like Dredge used to be a thing, but it hasn't been yeah. a, like... Yeah, uh, Endurance yeah. just killed Dredge. Pretty much. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's basically Reanimator. And there's right. online, you have to play graveyard hate because there's just tons of Reanimator online. Especially in leagues, right? Especially oh, in yeah. leagues, but in challenges, there is, there's always like a couple floating around. Yeah. But yeah, paper, I think you could probably just <laughs> cut your graveyard hate and move on with your life. Yeah, but it's maybe like a like a good point for for combo decks in general, right? Like the um, mm. for a combo deck to be good right now in Legacy, like it, it has to be fast. It has yeah. to absolutely be fast because uh, the best decks are currently uh, it's it's a tempo deck and it is a aggro prison style of like you know uh, deck. And I I wouldn't be surprised if even a deck like Belcher would be you See, know, that's you what know, I've been saying like reasonable because. Yeah. You know, like if if I if I if I look at the top three decks and like let let me let me count elves as one of the top three, even though it sees not a lot of play, but it is it is like one of the super rare decks that has a decent matchup against b both uh, the the dungeon stompy and the the Delver deck. It's mm -hmm. like like Belch is kind of kind of good against uh, against all the non-blue decks up there. It is it is obviously not excellent versus the Delver deck, but even like a if you if you burst out a lot of fast mana and then the, um they they hold a forcible for your belcher but then you know you end up like casting empty the warrants for maybe ten or twelve or something that could also you know really I, steal the deal I could really buy this empty yeah. initiative you know 
Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, yeah, hell yeah. But then you don't have a base um, to go and get. And also, like, it, a, a side effect is also that, and both, like, um, the, the Belcher deck and also, like, Reanimator, they don't play blue spells, and everyone is so, so focused on, on blast, blue elemental, red elemental. Yeah. And, and, and then even ridiculous cards like Gloom, you know, like, none of those cards tackle uh, the, um, the Belcher deck or, like, uh, a black red Reanimator deck. And like e- I even saw like Mark Eric Vogt's um, four color control deck. Like it, it literally only had one or two um, slots versus graveyard hate. I think it was like a single endurance and like a, well I don't yeah. know like a. Yeah. I, think I just like I I added up oops all spells and dredge in the Eternal Weekend North America event. Out of four hundred and sixty eight players, guys, how many people do you think played dredge and oops all spells combined? Four hundred sixty eight <laughs> players. You combine dredge and oops all spells, all of the players. How many? I would guess less than ten. Yeah, I would. I would guess five to ten. Yeah, it's it's five. Five. Yeah. Four. <laughs> it's two dredge players and three oops spells players. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do think. Paper oh, holy fucking shit! You, you know. You know what? Oops spells went two and eleven. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! So there's no graveyard hate. I mean, there's no graveyard decks, but people still bring the hate for sure. Yeah, the thing is, like, Oops of Spells is more dependent on, like, actually their stuff resolving, whereas Dredge just can just, like, sometimes piece together a game plan, I guess. Uh, that's true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Holy shit. That's tough. That's very tough, yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, whenever you recommend, you know, let's cut some graveyard hate, just, bzz, I wish I hadn't done it. <laughs> yeah. But the rest of this Magical Nine event, so the three elves break out, I think, for that. As we said, like, initiative, some people was kind of the breakout at Eternal Weekend in North America. There were still, in North America, there's two Blue Red Delvers, uh, one winning, and the other being Samantha Murphy, who's a very good player. And, like, usually playing Doomsday, it was just like, nah, uh, Delver's too good. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure I saw Samantha, like, on energy coverage playing Doomsday. I wanted yeah, to say, but I wasn't sure. She won, or she top 80 won at least. I can't remember where she, I think, top forward with, like, yeah. Tempo Doomsday with, like, Merc Tides. Oh, I remember that. Stuff. Yeah, that was, like, right before Kai won, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when when Doomsday players start to pick up Delver, not, <laughs> yeah. not a good sign. Not a good sign. Yeah. And then the rest of this was yeah, three Delvers, three Elves, and then a Dungeon Stompy came second, and then full color control with one of Magical Lion's best grinders, Medvedev. Wait, wait, wait. Hank Song is for. Oh, you mean in the in the online event? Okay, okay. yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was yeah Medvedev. Yeah, isn't that, that yeah. like the former prime minister of, of Russia or something? Yeah, so he's oh. not. That's not him. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's I mean, Russia. you gotta make money some way, I guess. By the way, <laughs> shoutouts to to the winners. I think we, or at least I haven't mentioned the winner of the the North American event. That's Jay Watchkowski, I believe. Yeah. Legacy uh, Online is Mephidro. And yeah, big big shoutouts. Um, especially that finals match, uh, Blue Red Agro against the four color control of Hank Song. In uh, in the paper event, dude, that was something. I want to say that lasted. Did like... you see the double price of progress, dude? Yeah, that was, that to was end crazy, it, right? <laughs> dude, I, I'm just like I'm a sucker for price of progress against four color decks. Just give it to me all day, all all day long. Didn't he actually like like? Didn't Che actually like price of progress and then like Mystic Sanctuary back and price of progress dude, again? It was so cool. Like like crack fetch land in response price of progress. Um, deal minimal damage to my um to themselves and then uh. That fetch lad gets Mystic Sanctuary and just put it, uh, puts it like right back on top. Dude, it was so right out of nowhere. So I guess. Good. I like I did. I, every time I see players like ca- casting something and then like you know hold priority and do something in response, dude, I love this. I love this stuff so much. Like be it LED or 
fetched and crack in response, blah blah blah. You know. Do, do you remember that 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 old puzzle of um, ad nauseum tendrils against? Dude, it is one of my Marcus? absolute favorites, dude. Yeah. Like how to beat past and flames with a surgical and fetch land. Oh my goodness. So good. it is so good. It yeah. is so so good. For those who don't know, quickly, um, you you're trying to counter past and flames, but you don't want your opponent to cast it right back again because then you would lose. So you before you counter it, you you put a fetch land on the stack. Then you counter it, and then since there's still an activated ability stack, your opponent can't play the card past and flames hit, and then you surgical it. And it was just like one of the coolest puzzles I've ever seen. Because it, it also is like an actual common situation that can happen in-game. and that This, really ha- this happens with the Uro now. Like, yeah. It happens with Uro now, so you... Yeah. Like, oh, so, like, oh yeah, 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 it's basically the same thing, right? If you, if you have like a Pyroblast and a Surgical as Delver. And if they have like five, uh, if they have, uh, how much mana do they need? Seven mana? Yeah, or like or six if they put but, a land to play. Exactly. So it happens quite a lot where like the blue the control deck post sideboard will try and do it so they can play it and get into play straight away. But then Delva has they stack the triggers correctly. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> oh man, cool, cool. Yeah, so that's uh, that's it, I guess, for those two big events. And then there was another really big event that otherwise we would be talking about all episode long. But dude, there's just like so many legacy, so many big legacy events happening all around the world, literally in Europe, online, and North America, and in Japan as well. There's the Eternal Party Tokyo. Kai, tell us about what what, what is an Eternal Yo. Party. So Eternal Party happens uh, every year in December. It's like the end of the year kind of like wrap-up tournament. It um, usually happens in um, either Tokyo or Osaka, sometimes even in both cities, I believe. And um, Biggest legacy I, party I, in the world. Yeah, dude, that's, I, I, I joined it a few times. Uh, not a lot of good results because uh, I was mostly like, because because it's at the end of the year, um, after that, there are usually like a lot of like, you know, like drinking parties and whatnot. It's like all the people <laughs> who like O3 dropped. And I'm usually one of them, <laughs> so uh, you know it's a it's a it's a, it's a good like closure of the of the year, right? Sounds and, really fun. And um, yeah, uh, and it it's interesting because like the, the meta game looks a little different. Again, there is Delva as promised, as promised, and there's uh, also four color control a little bit and a little bit of uh, mono white uh, initiative stomp people. Uh, I'm kind of happy to see dark depths uh, in the top eight. Like uh, looks like a turbo list of some sort i think and obviously japan is like the fishiest country dude that's freaking <laughs> merfolk in the top eight like what the fuck is this? wait no more surprised than merfolk is death and taxes oh yeah death and taxes yeah that i i th- no, i think that that guy like probably just forgot to buy oh couldn't afford to by the way ancient tomb plays at 200 euro like what the fuck oh, yeah, yeah dude ancient oh my yeah. god I'm never gonna financially recover from this. This is literally how I felt when I ordered those for Painter. Like I didn't uh, even check. It was just like, why is there so much money in my in my shopping cart? Like, was like this is just like for the playset of these? The fuck. But you gotta get the nice ones as well. I did. Yeah, That's the yeah. problem. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Kai, uh, is is do, do you recognize any of those players? Uh, um, yeah, I do. I do. Um, at least half of them. Let's start from the example, top. Actually, who won? Um, so Blue Red Delver won. It, like the finals was Blue Red Delver versus Blue Red. Uh, they have names not... too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Koso Tomoya. Koso Tomoya always plays Blue Red uh, Delver. Also, he has everything in German, like all his cards. Oh. Uh, it's like you know, it's like a little thing uh, I popularized in in Japan back oh, then. Oh, you did? You know? Yeah, I, I told people that. You left German your mark on the card check. Cool. Dude, I, I just told them that German is a pretty cool language. And it was like, you were okay. gonna say the superior language, weren't you? <laughs> 
<laughs> it sounded like it. <laughs> I, yeah, I just said that. Yeah. You so, so yourself, right? you know, there's like a couple of Japanese diver players running around with like a bunch of like Demma-Zustand in their deck. Yeah, dude. In betracht Demma scene. And, 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 and Geheimnisstöberers. Yeah, dude. Geheimnisstöberer. <laughs> and uh, I believe that the, that the second uh, the second place brewed um, aggro by Koso Tromoya here um, is the one with two counterbalance main and two engineered explosives main. Exactly. And no and divers. And no delvas, exactly, but ledger shredders and, you know, it's like a little bit of like a, a slower approach of delva, um, ready to be equipped to um, deal with actual delva. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, like, the Merfolk guy, like, um, Shimizu Hiroaki, like, he always plays Merfolk. I feel like the first time I saw him was in 2010 or 11, and even back then, he, um, he was so pumped that um, Merf um, the Mass of the Pearl Trident got released. Yeah, I, I still it. remember that. And it's like, dude, he has been playing a Mofok ever since. Like, everything is foiled out, I believe. Of, um, Lord of Atlantis, like, 7th edition foil and whatnot. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't, I honestly, like, I don't know if, if, the, if the deck has a, a positive matchup against the Dungeon Stompy deck. I kind of doubt it. Um, but, I guess we can look at the but, data, but, but I, there shouldn't but be I much. Think, <laughs> but I think, like, True Name Nemesis is pretty, is pretty, is pretty potent in that deck. Or should I say, like, 8 True Name Nemesis because of Phantasmal Image sometimes? Yeah. So the data Maybe looks like I there only was a single player playing Merfolk, I would guess. Yeah, so okay, like that doesn't tell us anything. So like 87% win rate? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Looks like they yeah, lost dude. a lot. I but De Delver is playing two true names in the sideboard quite a lot now. Yeah. Oh, that's the next step, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know I don't I haven't looked at the lists from what we're going over now, but I know Samantha Murphy had two in the sideboard. I know Rich Kelly plays two in the sideboard. So. Oh, dude, look at this. In the, in the North America, you went 100% win rate of Merfolk against White Stumpy. Ooh. Yeah, Match single, matches. Single, yeah, a single match. Uh -oh. One and all. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that tells us everything we need to know. Yeah, yeah just stop there. Stop the count. Stop the count. <laughs> stop the count. <laughs> oh, well, oh, look at this. In the sideboard, we have the combo. We have four Thassa's Oracle, four Paradigm Shift. Oh, shit. Maybe that's, that's for cool. the Stumpy matchup. Oh, totally, yeah. It, it kind of looks similar to, um, like, like Painter or, like, or the... Um, any of those... Uh, how do you all um, say like like those fair decks with a combo plan B or vice mm -hmm. versa? Right? Yeah, it's just like a, a duke of some kind. I mean, you you could also just like try to to beat them on uh, on the battlefield because there's also four tide shaper, which is gonna give your opponent islands, so you can try to to land walk them out, I guess. Uh, or yeah, I guess you could also like phantasmal image some of the um initiative creatures like, <laughs> that's, yeah. like, that's like cheating dude <laughs> I mean, like, you, wait, you paid four mana for this white four drop wait no what? no discount, let, discount let, let, me, me. Let, let me do that for half the price yeah. <laughs> it's like a bargain oh that's perfect yeah th does that make you want to play more legacy again in, in japan at least you already mentioned right uh, there's not too many white initiative actually but let's look at the top 16 there's okay, stuff for the breakfast omni show Ah, Kai's playing Merfolk, yeah. Yeah, could someone please please sell me Lord of Atlantis and Curse Catcher? <laughs> yeah, you're going to get some, like, oh, I don't know, white borders. Yeah, well, whatever other Merfolk is played, just, just give me, like, 20 random fishies. <laughs> what a man does just not to play Gloom. <laughs> Dude, I see, I've seen your future and it's Gloom. Uh -oh. I, I, I'm pretty sure you're going to play three or four Gloom at God okay. of Legacy. That's exactly what I'm gonna do. You're gonna try. You're gonna try online, and tomorrow you can be like, "Holy shit, Callum! Oh my god!" <laughs> I found this future. new tech, dude. I found this <laughs> yeah. new card. Yeah, you're just, playing it in the main. Actually, actually, Callum, can't we like do something with Gloom and Painter, and then make everything white? But then we also have to pay for our own spells, right? Gloom is like yeah, I think symmetrical, so, yeah. like that basically all the early stuff is. 
that sounds terrible. <laughs> I, I just, you know what? I, I'm looking at the, at the German version of Gloom. I just love it. Das Sprechen weißer Zaubersprüche verteuert sich um drei Mana. It sounds like out of some like RPG or something. Well, Kyle, Kyle like, would get German ones, right? Sounds like a curse to me, huh? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, most likely. If maybe they're Japanese ones too, but I don't think that beta was. I'm looking at Gloom now. I'm looking yeah. at Gloom. I don't <laughs> see the. The art is kind of evil as well. Art is amazing. Yeah. All right. Dan Fraser. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Isn't that like an actor, Dan Fraser? Dan Fraser. I'm not sure. I thought so. Anyway. I don't, oh, I don't like the fifth edition art. It's like a guy in a tower. I mean, it's it's very fantasy, but. Yeah, his eye is weird. Yeah, it's a bit weird. All right, Kai, you need to get the beta ones, though. Sorry. Okay, I do as, uh, <laughs> as you say. Cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, guys, should, should we move on? Should we get into, like, a review of the year that was 2022? It's actually kind of crazy how fast this passed by. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Cool. A lot has happened. So, I, I put together the show notes and about basically all the major stuff that happened this year. And on the way home from from um, where I was before <laughs> work, <laughs> I tried to touch that. <laughs> but yeah, I put them together at work at some point, maybe. <laughs> um, I, I was in the car. I was like, it kind of feels like we forgot something, right? Like, oh my God, in general, like we, we actually had like one of uh, one of the very last ban in Legacy. Ragavan got banned. On the 25th of January, Ragavan got banned after people have been complaining oh, about yeah. it for like a long, long time. And Callum, you, you copied the the reasoning for it in here. Do you want to read it out or talk yeah. about it? Yeah, so, didn't do the whole thing, but I thought this was the most interesting bit when it got banned and it's what people latched onto fairly. So 20, yeah, January 25th, he said it was a lot of bans happened, but only one for Legacy, which was Ragavan. And then they said, quote, We'll be keeping an eye on how the legacy format continues to evolve in the coming weeks and are willing to make further adjustments soon if needed. However, we feel that this is a large change and would like to see how the metagame adapts before considering if other changes are necessary. So a big narrative for the year since then is, I mean, my reaction to that was massively positive. I thought that they're saying like, look, this might not be enough, but we want to see if this does enough before having like a knee-jerk reaction and banning multiple things. I'm a fan of that approach for sure. But a big narrative this year has been, are they giving us the, the same data that we see? Like they've said that in, there's like less 9% Delver in leagues as opposed to um, uh, x was it x Um Or at XP. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Um, finding a 20 something percent in leagues or in, in the challenges and stuff. So there is a big delta between league data and competitive like challenges and big events for sure so a big narrative has been some people feel very strongly that things are obviously too strong in delverland and something else needs to be changed and they promised that they would do that and they haven't done that so they haven't kept their promise but my read is that they think things are okay and they're looking at the data and it's like you know within their parameters of things to be okay so mm-hmm. yeah and now i don't know where we stand it's a year later i'm i i think they've handled the being our list for a long time very well so i'm sitting comfortably thinking i'd love a few cards in that deck to be boosted into the sun but don't really <laughs> mind um, i mean right now i guess they have bigger fish to fry yeah yeah i mean the thing is i'm i'm personally bored of delver but we've had so many new cards coming in and out like for someone that's so invested in playing and talking about and thinking about legacy constantly most days basically like there is enough new stuff coming in and out, stirring things up. Like obviously we've just had 
I think uh, Dungeon Stompy is the biggest shakeup we've seen since Eldrazi came onto the scene. Like, it's a huge thing. It's completely turned the format around. And it feels know. a bit unreal, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the actually, I guess another similarity would be like in the middle of COVID when no one's allowed to go outside. Oh, was when we yeah. had Lurus and Breach. Breach. Those <laughs> formats didn't really exist. It only existed for people that played online a lot, and then everyone else just like heard of it or saw videos and stuff. But yeah. It's going to be one of those things, you know, where years from now, people are going to be like, when they make a review of the history of Legacy, they're going to be like, oh, we totally forgot to talk about, like, Lyrus and Breach, because, like, nobody played it, actually, except for, yeah. like, I don't know, a couple of hundred people in the world. Yeah. The best. I mean, I, th I think Lyrus is the best card ever printed. So, <laughs> we, can, we can probably leave with it. The, the with the original uh, companion rule, right? Yes, yeah, with the original companion rule. <laughs> when you think about it, it's actually so insane. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's better. It's, it just looks so stupid. It's better than Black Lotus. It's better than Ancestral Recall. It's... I mean, you, you, there, there's a reason only one card in Vintage has ever been banned outside of like dexterity and and anti or like I don't know conspiracy reasons. Yeah. yeah. To, to be fair, you can't ban Lyrus because it's always played as a one of. I mean, you can't restrict. Restrict, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so that would, would be funny, right? Lyrus of the Dream Den has been restricted. Bob, Bob, Bob. But also, like, just just to put it in perspective. I saw a tweet today, so I'm copying this, but it's a good way to think about it. So Lurus got its mana cost doubled, and it still got banned in Legacy and Modern. Um, Actually, that's a good way to put it. Oko, if it was four mana, would be good, but fine. Imagine Oko costs six mana. It's completely unplayable. If Imagine Ren and Six cost four mana. Unplayable. Or rather, but, like, spread out like, over two like, turns. Yeah, like, like yeah. two, two if, and two. In order if, even two and, and two. Unplayable. Like, it's just not good. Lurus is still banned, and it costs double. It's it's absurd. <laughs> I know there's there's a small clique of people who who are pushing for like you know Serda and stuff to come back. We always gotta keep an eye on those people because otherwise they they might actually make it work. Um, Zerda is not like Lurus. I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying. I, I'm also not super happy for Serda to ever come back, but I know yeah. that. I mean, I know I, you are part of that, right? As well. I have a massive soft spot for Zerda. I <laughs> loved that deck. I played it so much, and I've never. 5 would leagues with more bullshit cards than in that deck. Like you could put anything in there and you'd you'd win all the time. <laughs> like their, their their reason for banning Zerda was people are not playing it much, but it's winning so much that we're going to just nip it in the bud and get rid of it now, <laughs> which is crazy. But anyway, that was that was a couple of years ago, right? We, uh, we was like was it 2020 or 21? I don't even remember. It might have been 20. Like yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Regavan got banned and. I don't know. I think I think the banner reaction was fairly well received. I don't miss it. That's no. the thing. Yeah. Oh, I Ragavan. I was completely right to ban. That card is yeah, oh, stupid. When I think like when I think back about cards they banned, I think the only cards I actually actively miss at times are like Survival of the Fittest and mm. then Deathrite Shaman and Elves, even though I don't miss it all what Deathrite Shaman did to other decks. Yeah. But yeah, those are the only cards I really actively miss. I miss Deathrite Shaman as well. I really enjoyed the card. But I think we'd think differently now with the power of everything else around it. But at the time, I was upset to see it go. Even though Grixis Delver was probably like the best deck and had been for a while, it propped up so many other decks as well. Uh, I liked it. I missed Top as well, mm. but that's a, that's for another episode between <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe you're going to convert me for, if I ever get to play like Paint out with Top. When you, when you weld it out, uh -oh. yeah, you'll, uh, you'll yeah. feel it. But anyway, then we went into February. Why don't you talk to us about February? Uh, February, yeah, that, that was the month of Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, right? That's basically mm -hmm. that Cyberpunk set they released. And absolutely loved the flavor. Absolutely loved the flavor. And 
yeah, I, I gotta say, this gave us a lot of... Uh, is this the most influential set of the year overall? I, I'm not sure if I... Actually, yeah, I wanna go there. I think it was the most influential set of the entire year. Yeah, There's, I, I, I really like how um how the um the balance of those cards are, like, just in check, right? Like, none of none of the cards from Neon Dynasty are, like, criminally overpowered, they're, but they're really, really good. Like, for example, I'm super happy to see a card like Fable of the Mirror Breaker, you know, which really, really, like, like pushes those um, Engine Doom Bread type of decks. It has a... It is, it is probably super fun to play, and uh, it is really dynamic. It, it, it gives just good gameplay. And absolutely the same for Buseju, Hunduras, and Otawara. Otawara. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I, I almost broke my, broke my own rule. But especially for Buseju, because Buseju yeah. adds something to a, to a land that has really not been there. Um, and Can we remember what we said about this? So when Buseju came out, Twitter was doom and gloom. Oh my god, you're getting locked out by this from lands, and we were we were pretty chill on it. We said, nah, it's nah, just dude. a good card. Nah, dude. You know what? I happened, actually right? wonder. I don't remember what we said about Fable. I think we missed it. I I would like to go back and listen to it, but I'm very confident that I. Would you know, guys, it. You're, you're gonna take it from here. I'm actually gonna quickly look up what we said. <laughs> You yeah. might have said something <laughs> like, you know, that's that's probably like too slow. Or I bet something. it's not. <laughs> I, be, I bet it wasn't even the show notes. <laughs> yeah. I I bet it wasn't. But to be fair. I mean, everyone missed this. Um, yeah. Paolo Vita de Rosa wrote an amazing article uh, a few weeks ago, I think, right. talking about Fable and how even all the pros playing Standard and uh, Pioneer and stuff missed it. It was completely missed. There was like one or two teams in the, in the not the Pro Tour, but like one of the big events on Arena. Like one uh -huh. team played it and then yeah. the, everyone realized as they were playing against that team. But um, yeah, it's okay. it's uh that one was missed by a lot of people so i'm pretty sure we missed it probably wasn't in the show notes absolutely I we don't... also have like the exact opposite i think uh, um for a card that in my in my opinion we got what was absolutely overhyped and i still believe that the card is just not very good is the wandering emperor uh also also as, as a, it came out as a mythic rare and the set as like a like yeah. a flash flash planeswalker but this one we, like, we we kind of said was going to be like okay and legacy not right that good like, like to like the, yeah, the more I look at it, like it, it, it just looks like Elspeth with Flash, really. Mm. Uh, it's better. Not errant. Like it's seen a little bit of play in Jeskai, like a tiny bit. And yeah. I know um, PVDH plays it in Initiative Stompy, but I'm not too keen on it there. It's uh -huh. it's okay. It's a role player, um, a bit. It's it's just like a fun of honestly, actually. Um, other cards that are good though, Lion Sash. We said, yeah, this is just an instant staple in DNT, and that's exactly what it's done. It's it's amazing in DNT. Yeah. Or Stoneforge decks in general. Like it's played in initiative some people with Stoneforge sometimes. Um but yeah, I think basically Fable and the two lands, Poseidon and Otawara, are the, the winners here and stuff. Pretty good. Although I do remember, so we're gonna have to uh, we had Reality Heist as a card that Julian put on there. And so it's <laughs> five blue blue instant. This spell costs one less to cast for each artifact you control. Then you look at the top seven cards of your library, you can reveal up to two artifact cards from among them, put them into your hand, put the rest on the bottom. Julian was like, dude, is this the new Dig Through Time? And I said it was unplayable. So I'm pretty... Hey, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it. Did no, I actually say that? Because I, I literally put it in here because I thought like people were hyping this up and and we were like, dude, I'm not sure this is gonna be good maybe, enough. Maybe, maybe you weren't that into it and I'm being uncharitable. But... The thing is, I actually, <laughs> I can't find our show notes from then. Uh, okay. Like a year ago, we were nearly as professional as we are right now. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. 
that it seems our show notes i didn't give them a proper name so we will actually have to listen <laughs> to the episode maybe we're okay. gonna do that in the future cool <laughs> but i bet i'm pretty confident we missed fable like yeah. i i'm pretty confident i missed fable completely until i saw xj put it into moon stompy and i was like oh shit this is gonna be good in painter <laughs> good stuff yeah maybe it's important to add that there's never been a card like fable of the burrow breaker right like if it, um if there's like a new planeswalker people are going to instantly compare to other planeswalkers that are that yeah. already see legacy play and then it's kind of easy to say okay well that card is probably pretty good in x you know in yeah. uh, deck xyz uh, but but fable of the mirror breaker is like so different that there's really not nothing similar to fable of the mirror breaker i can't it's, it's i can't think of a card that's even close to fable in terms of disparity between how unassuming it looks and how powerful it is it i can't think of anything even close or an example basically it's yeah you read it and you're like oh so you get a two two that like you know makes a treasure token and then you loot two whatever and then you like you know make a two two that's just going to die instantly it's like oh it's not worth three mana <laughs> but oh my god yeah no <laughs> we've we've uh, ranted about how good fable is for right. many moons on this yeah. podcast all right, will you take us into... I'll go into... Then April? We had April, Streets of New Compenna. By the way, so, did, 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 did we touch on uh, Letter Shredder? No, yeah, that, that's in Streets of New Compenna. Yeah, oh, dude, I'm so bad. I put it in the wrong column. I okay. know, I know. I was, I was trying to cover for you. Like, oh, oh yeah. damn, damn. <laughs> I should have trusted you. <laughs> so, yeah, Streets only gave us Ledger Shredder. Um, at the same time, Kappa Cannoneer was in one of the Commander decks, which was Streets-themed. Can't remember the exact name of it, but it had loads of artifacts and stuff. But this was such a pain in the ass to research, by the way. Like, if you go to <laughs> Scryfall and you type in some kind of expansion or set, then you get like five ans- like five hits for it. Yeah. Because I, I literally I looked at all the cards and I was like, oh my god, is this like Commander Legends? Is this Commander Legends Baldur's Gate? Is this Commander Legends Commander? Is, well, what the fuck? And then and yeah, they all have different like finishes, like the old borders. Yeah, yeah. This was the worst review I've ever put together. Imagine being a, a vendor having to sort everything out every time. <laughs> Dude, I've actually seen them complain about that shit. Yeah, yeah. No, legit. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, cool. Basically, um, I'm trusting your show notes that if there's any other ones that we're missing, we can blame you. <laughs> but uh, Ledger Shredder is a big winner of, of Streets of New Capenna. And it is a great card. It's, it saw a ton of play at the beginning in the like the Delver's Delver deck. And it kind of trailed off, but again, in the showcase qualifier recently, May came second with it. And it is in still as like a two or three of in the kind of Delvis Delver deck. I've seen it pop up a little bit in Urza Echo kind of decks as well. It's kind of cool tool there. But otherwise, that's it. It's definitely retreated a bit, but it's become that's, that's just for legacy. It's played a bunch in modern, like and then like a ton in Pioneer, Historic, and stuff. So it's really like a multi format all star. So that's a good one. And then obviously Kappa Cannoneer um, was in the commander set. This propped up eight cast a ton. Eight cast was already a really good deck, so people were scared that this would just overrun it. Actually, it turned out to be an amazing card, but like a three of an eight cast. So you just always see it as a three of now. Yeah, the thing is, we uh, while I go back and look into, into our show notes, like we had like at least one or two episodes where we keep talking about how stupid Kappa Cannoneer is, and I mean. To its credit, uh, 2J Chim uh, won three legacy challenges in a row with eight cast. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was an insane run. Yeah. Right. I, I, Me personally, I definitely overvalued Capricornia. I thought the card just looks completely broken. You can cast it turn two fairly consistently. But the, the support... Uh, yeah, turn two fairly consistently. Uh, yeah. it was, that's what wasn't true. It's turn three fairly consistently and sometimes turn two. Mm. So that's that's where I was off personally. 
Um, it's still yeah. a great card, but I was definitely a lot higher on it. Than I guess if you chicken. if you really build your deck to turbo out Kappa Cannoneer, you can get to a reasonably consistent Kappa Cannoneer if you have it in hand. But yeah. that's, I think that's you make, probably you not make, where you want to be. Yeah, you make too many sacrifices in deck building, where the rest of the 8-cost deck is very well built now and just very good. So you can just prop it in there in there as like a 3 of rather than trying to turbo it out. So, yeah. I feel like I feel like the card has a little bit too much push, like you know, like the fact that it, ca it cannot be blocked and things like that. Um, I'm generally fine with a card like Kappa Kennedy, even though it is it is a pain in the ass to deal with if you are a control player because of Ward Four and mm -hmm. yeah, you know, like all that kind of nonsense. Uh, one thing I really really dislike about Kappa Kennedy is that it counts itself with the <laughs> plus one plus one counters. That is, yeah. that is just not well designed. I gotta say, like. I rarely complain about things like that, but that is just... It feels like I, an oversight, right? Yeah, they, they might, yeah, they, they must have missed it because yeah. it looks so strange, even on Magic Online. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, for me, that is like one of these things where like one of my least favorite things in Legacy at the moment and for the last couple of years or whatever is Merktide growing other Merktides. That, oh, yeah, dude. That's for me the pinnacle of why? Why do you do that? So... <laughs> <laughs> what, what is going on? So, yeah, I, I agree. Like, it's... On Capricanir, it doesn't really matter. Like a, an yeah. extra one-one count doesn't matter. But it's just a kind of like this card could have not done that, and it could have cost one more mana, and it'd be exactly. Fine. I think it was like it was probably like supposed to be a six mana four-four, and not a six mana five-five with like this many upsides. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you you could just make it ward three. You could like there's a lot of tunings where, I mean, we're gonna get to it in a minute. But just I was listening to um the depth dot depth podcast released today an episode with Gavin Verhey which is the Christmas episode where they go over like his thoughts on legacy over the last year. And it's fascinating so far. One of the comments is, I should have made Slays and Dungeoneer a 3-3 rather than a 3-4. it's like, yes, yes, mm -hmm. you should have. Um, oh, but then, yeah. I mean, hindsight is always easy to look at and be like, yeah, of course you should have done this and that and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's Cap Cannon. That, that, was, that was spring, right? Yeah, pretty much. So we had, we had a quieter time. So we were probably still... I don't know, maybe Spring was just quieter, or I'm just forgetting about Big Legacy. I mean, the thing is, Kappa Cannon was already basically spoiled back in February. I saw that we talked about it in February, and then right. it's, okay. yeah, it, it hit the, at least the stars in April. Um, we always have some kind of like weird disconnect with Magic Online and when yeah. stuff becomes legal in paper, and I think they changed it up once again. I, I don't even pretend that I know. In Legacy, it's just like, is this card legal for this big event? Okay, otherwise. Yeah, Kappa hit 80 to 100 tickets pretty fast and was like, that's Oh, I remember that. Now it's like basically nothing, right? Oh, it's it's absolutely nothing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this is like, this is like one thing that I, I yeah that is kind of kind of sad about this year, two thousand twenty-two. Is that yeah, it happened to a lot of cards. Uh, they just like spiked to you know just a hundred dollars, and you then buy, yeah, they they, they kind of like plummet. You can you know? buy Capcanias for one and a half ticket now. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, you know, the the problem is primarily that it spikes that high. Uh, I mean, if if it's cheap afterwards, it's it's almost like whatever for me. That's great. Yeah. But if it spikes that high and then you have these couple of weeks where if you want to play those cards, you have to pay. And if you don't, yeah. you feel disadvantaged. That's literally the thing that people sometimes like say about Magic, especially when they are not like part of Magic. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is play to win. And I mean... It, it is uh, on Magic Online with these new cards. It, it is. And it I, is. I think yeah. everyone hates it. It's not It's not like a... It's not a hot take at all. It's, yeah, it also it's happened to Alessaro Shepard when it was released and was also like yeah. crazy amounts yeah. and it yeah. was so good. I would even say Alessaro Shepard was even more influential than, like it certainly was more influential than Kappa Cannon here. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff you don't want. Right. Yeah. And I think we, we do see the same thing like in, in, in the, um, the following up uh, once because like, you know, like June is basically the same thing, you know, with different cards. 
uh, we saw um, Commander Legends Battle of uh, Baldur's Gate, and um, there was clearly the, the the one card that everyone was like super excited about was um, Minsk and Boo Timeless Heroes, a four mana planeswalker that cannot be red blasted. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> and I think I think this the probably, game basically right. <laughs> I think yeah, I think this was like a this was a pretty big change for uh, Legacy Control, like mid range and control decks, because um, starting from June, a lot um, blue elemental blast. Um, and Hydroblast obviously got a lot of attention. I don't think that a lot of people played um, those Blue Blasts before June. No. Maybe not a lot of them, but there was, after there was June, a bunch Blue Blast was insane. Ra- when Ragavan was legal, there was a bunch around. But right, but yeah, basically, you're right. Yeah, uh, Midskaboo is, yeah. I think, a great addition to the format. It's 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 what Control needs. Control needs a clock, and it's I think it's kept Control in the game basically. Without this, I think they would just it'd just be a dead archetype. Yeah, like like Control decks uh, used to play a lot of just mediocre cards to to win the long game such as like field of the dead for example or like primeval titan or like more yorians um or i guess you can only play one yorian um but you know like like things that that guarantee you the the late game even uh, a treaty angels on like nonsense like that but you boy, can you boy jace the mind sculptor come on yeah man dude jace <laughs> never forget <laughs> rest in peace my friend i think that in june jace the mind sculptor got officially banned in legacy <laughs> yeah yeah oh, i love, I love the way you put this <laughs> minsk and the initiative creatures yeah like yeah. you know like like legacy gets like those like like uh how do you say like that? Like those pseudo ban announcements, you know? Like, they're kind of unofficial, but everyone gets. By them. the way, we printed better chase, and it can't be pyroblasted. So ooh, ooh. <laughs> it can be bolted though. It can be bolted. That's that's important. yeah, and it's also like it, it's kept in check by Caracas, I guess. That that's another yeah. big thing. Yeah. Uh, right. What's what's so scary about Minsk of horses is if you have no counterplay for a single turn cycle, they immediately draw four cards and yeah. even like shoot something of yours I, maybe even your planeswalker yeah i i think it's fit into the format really nicely like being weak to bolt and Krakus are like two things that are played enough but it just it just fits fine like you know I, I would i would dislike it if it had one more loyalty so you couldn't bolt it or like mm-hmm. it was not legendary so you couldn't Krakus it but but those two keep it you don't need to keep this card in check it's still a four minor planeswalker right. and stuff but yeah. it makes it feel fair enough uh, for a lot of strategies and even if you don't have those that kind of interaction you you kind of feel like yeah well the interaction's out there and i can add these to my deck if if it runs over and stuff but otherwise it's just a very powerful great card i remember um, also this was about the time it might have been when the daybreak people were taking over i don't remember exactly when that happened but there was this huge disconnect between paper and magic online because they just couldn't keep up with actually implementing the card in magic online and oh also goodness, a couple of yeah. sets were like starting to be super delayed right and push back so we, we we had this parallel universe almost and i remember maddening hex at the time was the even bigger card that was talking mm-hmm. talked about i think that was even released like a year before in like forgotten realms or something and that there was this big push for both minsk and boo and maddening yeah. hex to be implemented in legacy well, which ha- they hex has been became. quite a flop right it's just disappeared yeah it, it like showed up like a little bit but then yeah it was yeah you yeah. don't really see it at all anymore no which i'm happy about i I really dislike the cards play patterns massively, so <laughs> I'm pretty happy it's it's, got, it's not good. But um, yeah, so Mitskabu came out and came on Magic Online, and that was f- after Kappa Cannoneer and what the price happened and stuff. And then Mitskabu hit like 80 to 100 as well, and obviously with a lot of backlash. But 
Can you believe that White Plume Adventure and Seasons Engineer was in the same set as Mask and Boots? It's so insane, <laughs> right? Insane. I, I made fun of you when, when, when you talked that when you first introduced White Plume Adventure. <laughs> I wanted to yeah. cut it from the deck. It's like, like you remember that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine looking the only at the deck thing that's actually like, survived. Get that jank card out of here. <laughs> and now it is definitely the best card in the deck. Yeah. Oh man, this there, is so crazy. There was people building the deck. Um, there was a bunch. I'm gonna forget some, but I know Mr. Lee um was playing it in paper, and PVDH was definitely playing it in paper. I saw him testing in a bunch of different things, not just mono white, or at least not mono white at the beginning. But I saw him like do some uh playing some leagues like uh, camera matches, and he was like splashing white in Sneak and Show and playing them from the sideboard, which is in hindsight pretty cool and stuff. So yeah, people were trying it out, but there's this weird disconnect between building a new deck in paper isn't what it used to be right like you know the source is not that active and discord is you know active but there's a lot of noise but it's also concentrated so much on on magic online but i think some of the disconnect is a ton of people knew this deck was going to be good like xj is the most perfect example he was fighting very hard to get these cards on magic online but you know playing in paper is a lot more time consuming and you need to find people that you trust to kind of test with whereas magic online you can just play a ton of matches easily so I think a lot of people knew the deck was coming, knew it was good, but were just like, I just want to play it on Magic Online. And so there was this kind of weird period in between. It wasn't apparent straight away from June, but there was definitely a few months before these cards came on Magic Online when people were just like waiting for them. And, yeah, uh, but it, it took like June, July, August, September, October, like November is where it actually had like its breakout, right? In a, in a way. Yeah. I remember when when Andy Fernandez played that Naya Stompy deck uh, yeah, at, at the Mega event at Axiom, yeah. yeah, and that was like when we first saw White Plume Adventure. That was in November, and then right afterwards, uh, was it PVDH who, who like did something with that? Yeah, it depends what you're looking because like you know Peter White Power Twenty Two, he qualified for ELM with Dungeon Stompy. He played Red White Dungeon Stompy in Scotland. Oh, Red White Dungeon Stompy, yeah, with the yeah. the case of Chaos Adventurer. He was playing Fable mostly, but um... <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think he probably was playing that as well. But also, um, Imtigioni, French guy, um, he was playing Dungeons Dragons and Paper. So mm -hmm. it was out there. But again, I, in a weird way, I kind of miss this whole, like, you know, I remember testing with friends at a pub and, like, trying to build new decks and stuff. But Magic Online has just made it so easy that people just, just want to build decks on there because mm -hmm. you can get so many reps and stuff. But Makes yeah. you wonder what, what, what else we missed. Yeah, probably. True. Well, or, or, or literally what we are missing right now. Chaos Defiler! <laughs> 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 just, that card. Just wait, wait till my boy Defiler gets online. Did you actually, did, by the way, at, at Bologna, did you feel you had some kind of, like maybe not Edge, just pushing it too much, like some kind of advantage because people had no idea what's going on with that Defiler? Yeah, almost every opponent read it and was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good sign. Yeah, every, every opponent read it and um, twice someone let an engineer resolve with a welder in play. And then was like, shit, I should have killed your welder in response, shouldn't I? <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, yeah, I mean, it was the prelude. So, we, that, that was June, where it was really the Vince Gumbu and Maddeny Hex show. But, um, yeah, technically the initiative cards came out then. Yeah. And then we move on to September, October. We we jump into, like, late summer, early early autumn. Dominaria United, and then we also had these these Infinity and Warhammer cards. Like I, I basically clumped them all together, and that was wild in a way. I mean, we I, I have the the Anointed Peacekeeper in here, which I want to say is like one of the tier two cards in the in the um, White Initiative deck, uh, but it also like it wasn't played until and that became a deck. But yeah, then we had just, kind just of a like good role player, right? 
Yeah, pretty much, right? It, it only exists because the deck exists. But yeah. The funny thing about it is, is if you get a turn one and you get to look at their hand and you name the fetch land they have. Yeah. It's like, a, it's, like a, it's, like a, it's like a clunky version of the uh, Sorcery Spike Glass, right? Yeah, I mean, I just like the Arcan better. Uh, Arcan of Amarius Reach. Oh, yeah. It's, just, it's basically the same against all their fetch lands. But yeah, the card, uh, it wasn't that set, uh, didn't really do anything until the, the initiative Stumpy came out. Uh, the biggest card at the time, I want to say, was was it like Shieldred? Or is that, what the fuck is that? Oh, that's Callum? That, oh, Callum, you moved into the worst part of London. There's a police car, like, you only ever hear this on American podcasts. <laughs> Sorry, I'm back. Yeah, there was those Good. police driving past my home. Call the ambulance. Shit, they've come to arrest me for saying Shield was bad, probably, when oh, it came what? out. <laughs> uh, oh, man. What a sweet autumn, dude. Yeah. What, thank you so much, Wizards, for this uh, for this powerhouse she old with the upper Queen Shieldred. I, I was going to say, like, this is probably, like, by far the car, uh, like, my most, like, favorite car of, of the whole year. I uh, absolutely adore it as well. Like, the art, it's a, everything about it is so cool. It is super powerful, obviously, four mana, four, five, and, you know, like, but it does, it's not oppressive. It just needs a couple of turns, you know, it's it, it has to stick around to to um, to um get the job done. Um, You can Karakas it, and... um, It feels similar I, to, like, Minsk and Boo, where there's, like, enough counterplay that's just common enough that you can feel like you could build your deck to beat it if, if the card became too good or oppressive and stuff. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'm you know what super, I love about the deck, about it. the card? It's just like you look at it, and it initially doesn't really feel like something you pay four mana for in Legacy, but the moment you play with or against it, you feel like, oh shit, this is like so much better than I anticipated. I'd like to go back and listen to the episode, because I, I bet I didn't think it was good. I, 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 I don't I know if, we, if we actually reviewed it. Um, we, we had Max, Max Gamer on the cast to talk about his showcase win, and I actually I played uh, an audio clip from Anorak uh, on the... Uh, on the Elo Pantas podcast, oh, yeah. uh, where Anorak was basically, he called it cheese, and he said Max is not going to be playing this the next week, and <laughs> Max and like heavily stuck. pushed back against that. Yeah, I remember that now. I yeah, don't know whether we actually like actively talked about it all that much. That was no, hmm. but it's it's also in a way similar to Fable, where like it doesn't, it's quite unassuming. You know, it's four minor four five. Death Touch feels quite irrelevant on a four five, but you know, maybe you can attack into a Moti or whatever, but. Whenever you draw a card, you gain two life. Meh. Whenever an opponent draws a card, they lose two life. Meh. But <laughs> as the package yeah. and as like the quote-unquote weird combo with Dark Ritual, like it's just a great deal yeah, for these kind of decks. Also, wait wait until you cast the first brainstorm post you ordered. Dude, that is literally the opposite of Pain pain, pain Storm, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, Bliss, bliss Storm. I mean. Good old Life Gain Storm. <laughs> Healing Storm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's 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 yeah another unassuming thing that's feels great for the format like a really nice yeah fun, i'm happy with fun, nice cards like that around Absolutely. for sure yeah. i'm looking at some of those episodes right now but we didn't really review anything there <laughs> we much. well there was one episode we could have done it but you you instead won the legacy challenge so we talked about that i'm <laughs> yeah. sorry sorry for we, winning we, we did review a lot less sets this year just because we yeah we didn't know, we didn't we go like every single cards. card yeah but yeah yeah still like it's it the way bit. it is yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then yeah that's yeah. that's shieldred in uh dominaria united my favorite football team of all times and then we <laughs> we had infinity and infinity is like still weird remember when everybody was talking about that that mind or underscore goblin we and... call it mind goblin it's, it's yeah mind, mind goblin. goblin okay let's go with mind goblin and people were like oh but you promised us that stickers are not gonna be a thing in legacy it's like oh you 
we betrayed our trust with Mind Goblin. <laughs> and now I'm going to put Muxus into play on the first turn and nothing ever happened. No. I top forward Axiot with James Mills. But, oh, did he um, actually? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Look at me now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Mind Goblin, these, uh, these top fours. Is Mind Goblin actually on Magic Online? No. Uh, how would it be, right? No. So I think stickers probably never come into Magic Online. Yeah, it's just too advanced of a technology. For good or for bad. <laughs> I... This doesn't you don't use stickers, have sticker technology. I'm coming around to Comet being quite powerful, actually. I think the card is pretty good. Wait, go- Goblin? No, Comet, the the Planeswalker dog. Oh, the dog with like where, where you roll dice and um, yeah, 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 yeah. Which can like technically win out of nowhere every one in 128 like 0, games or something. Four percent wins out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it at four seasons. I've seen some yeah, people yeah. play it at four seasons. Oh, I mean, in the in the Sunday main event, I've forgotten his name now. Young chap. Um, he went eight two with like uh, white red initiative stompy playing three comets. Is it actually and, called Comet? Uh, yeah, Comet Stella Pup. Oh, the name of the pup is Comet. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was just yeah. like some random nickname. But people play it in like four color control, and as a one or two of it, it's pretty powerful actually. So I initially was like, oh, it's a cute dog, lol. But no. It's pretty good. So I think when it comes on Magic Online, we might see. It. I think we'll like, see it much more. Oh, it's not on Magic Online yet. No. Oh, see, that's just like such a catalyst. Like that, if you if you get the card on Magic Online, it can explode in a week. It, like <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. well in a challenge, and then it's everywhere. Whereas, yeah. like we we've seen it with the initiative deck, right? It's just like you you can't make it until you've made it on Magic Online. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Except except for Chaos Defiler. Well, it's still not made it. I've. In one of the discords I'm in for like multi- for multiple legacy decks, I've got someone to to rename the painted uh, channel just called Chaos Defiler Waiting Room. <laughs> like my my enthusiasm to play the deck is just it's not there for Magic Online currently because it just feels like what's the point? I know the Defiler is like a part of the future of the deck, so yeah. You know, you should actually get that for uh, 440k model and just like put it on the table whenever you play. I hate the model. <laughs> it's super ancient, right? It's like over 20 years old, you told it's, us. It's pretty old, but Patrick, don't kill me, because Patrick loves it. But um, it's like really old and dorky. It's super dorky. That's why a lot of people like it as well. But I wish I liked the thing. The card looks super cool. I love the art. And I like this kind of style, but the actual model is huge and really dorky. <laughs> he says about Warhammer. <laughs> I love all the other ones, but yeah. But speaking of Warhammer, another card that I think is actually incredible is Morlock. Again, mm-hmm. not on Magic Online. Morlock is so strong. It's another really unassuming card, but just the flexibility of where it goes up and down, where you cast it on the curve, is so good. So I'll just repeat what it does. So it's a green, red, and X, 2-2. Two, two, and it has Ravenous, which means this creature enters the battlefield with X on one counters on it, so the X is in the cost. If X is five or more, draw a card when it enters. It's probably rarely going to be five or more to draw the card, but whatever. Like, it's a nice little bonus. But essentially, it's a two mana, two, two, three mana, three, three, four mana, four, four, up and up and up. But then when it enters the battlefield, it fights up to one target creature and opponent controls. If that creature would die this turn, exile it instead. Um, We've seen these effects before. Like, we've got Flame Tongue Carvu, we've got Fire Imp, we've got, like, stuff like that. But one, you can Green Sun Zenith for this. So it's a really nice thing to just, like, Green Sun early to, like, you know, pick off a Delver or a Dragon Ray Channeler. Um, just you, you can't pay the X with Greens of Zenith, but it's always a two-two nice to get. Just kills like random creatures. It's just good in ancient tomb decks. Like again, the green and the red is awkward, but we saw it in Andy Fernandez's um, Naya Stumpy deck. And why I think we haven't seen that Naya Stumpy deck at all on Magic Online is purely because Morlock isn't on there. 
um being able to be flexible and just like use all your mana just cast like a put five mana into it you've got a five five that kills <coughs> an opposing initiative creature that's not too bad yeah i also saw um i've also seen like morlock in uh mono green club post deck list <laughs> basically to combat magus of the moon did you uh, see that against someone called callum smith by any chance uh, I might. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you have, you have the basic force, and then you know um, the uh, the mountains are gonna be uh, for free. You yeah. know, you already you get the mountains for free. So um, all you gotta do is just like tap a couple of those like you know like non basic mountains, and uh, yeah, just let the Morlock fight. Um, yeah, one of the magus. I think it's it's like an interest. Like, it's it's a really cute idea. And it probably also works. Um, green, Mono Green Cloudburst is already a deck that also plays Green Sun Zenith. Yeah. So um, I think it's it's incredible in that deck. So yeah. For anyone that doesn't know, I, round two at the ELM, I played against um, I've forgotten his name now, but he's a fake futurism online. He plays a lot of Cloudburst there. And game one, he goes Cavern named Tyranid. I'm like, yeah, I know what's going on. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> cool. And I was like, that is so smart. And then game three, I have like a turn two Magus, but nothing else. But like two great furnaces, and he just force the vigors my two great furnaces. I don't draw any more lands. Oh, oh dude, I, I I keep wanting to cut great furnaces from the deck, but I think we're yeah. already down to two anyway. Yeah, exactly. They were the only two in my deck. But anyway, then I just I know that like the Magus has to get there, but I know he has more luck in the deck. And then he keeps like tanking for ten seconds or five seconds on his turn, and I'm like. So you can't hear it on the on the stream, but I'm like, you have the Morlock, don't you? And he just smiles, and I'm like, so we're playing the game out, <laughs> but I know I'm dead for like five turns. And he eventually casts it for five, so you can draw the card as well, just to, just to rub it in. <laughs> but but no, I th I think this card fits in tons of decks as well. I don't have them all now, but like Nice Dumpy, I think will be a thing online when it comes. Obviously, Cloudpost was saying, I think basically any Green Suns and Earth deck will play one of them. Uh, maybe El I think Elves has wrist so maybe not but i think anything else like you know naya especially we'll definitely see it in um naya depths i think as well mm -hmm. it's just it's just it's just another unassuming card that does a ton like a little bit extra than you expect for its mana cost so it's so weird like i didn't even think about that this still is non-magic online but you're right um, no. i mean i haven't haven't seen it at all yeah and just like in my head doesn't exist no no and then we've mentioned it but chaos defiler i think is like Getting getting close to a, like a staple for painter, I think one or two, maybe three, is going to be like in in almost every single. It's so crazy it's... to me that like three is even an option. Yeah, I, right. I think two is going to be it because I think you don't always engineer for it. You actually want to draw them quite often. So I think this oh, really? will be. A, wow. I th yeah, I think this will be a two of in painter when when it hits and for a long time basically. So yeah, we're we're still living in this weird world where there's a bunch of cards not online. Is that actually going to be the future, or do you think that uh, Daybreak Games is actually going to get better about like implementing stuff as soon as possible? I think Daybreak is going to get better. Um, mm -hmm. Everything they've done this year has been awesome. Like, I cannot speak highly enough of Daybreak Games, how they're turning stuff around. Even at the moment, they are discussing like releasing all lists again. Um, they've been really transparent with all the, like, you know, you can just message them on Twitter, or they have forums now where you can submit bugs and they just they respond to you and they they're very honest about it. they're like nope that's not going to get fixed for a while but at least you get an answer you, you feel mm -hmm. like you can talk to people and they they have i mean just so recently the seasoned engineer and white plume adventurer they were you know 80 to 100 something ticks each which is ridiculous and so you know within two weeks they said okay we're dropping their drop rate in chests to the to the lowest they're still quite expensive but They've gone down tons so that was for me two weeks is a very fast turnaround for you know feedback 
received and then processed and you know yeah. we see the end result of it you know I, I was actually going to mention that in our review of the year but i'm actually going to bring it up now mm -hmm. i i always have a lot of thoughts about because like in the greater esports scene which i guess we especially in legacy are not part of but the, the same principles still apply is you you have this discussion about what is a better tournament setting or or, or i don't know like how would you call it what is a better tournament structure or competitive structure is it going to be a closed system where the company that owns the game is responsible for 100 of the competitive scene or should it be an open system where like third-party organizers can put something together and offer tournaments and then compete against each other and in in, in a similar way-ish i feel like daybreak games taking over magic online now has opened us up to like the advantages of a third-party organizer like i don't know what the exact contract between wizards and, and daybreak games is but it feels like daybreak games is less scared of like revealing more information which in a closed system would always be the case because the, the company selling the game is also the company like putting together the competitive scene so they have like a an inherent interest in like the competitive scene uh maybe you know not showing all the information like that there, there, there's an inherent disconnect between like oh i i want to like be very transparent and i want to like pretend that my game is amazing i mean everybody agrees that magic is amazing legacy is amazing stuff but i feel daybreak games is in a position where they have to less care about to like make the design team look good or like make the company look good so they could just be in a position of like you know what just take all the at least vintage and legacy deck lists we don't care like if you want that if, if that makes you play more games that's all good like let's do that we don't care if that makes it seem that oh yeah this is very much a design mistake and now it's it's out there in the open for everyone to see so yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that totally agree and that's i didn't really think of it in those terms but i agree to back up that claim honestly so today on twitter i saw um emma handy say that this is going to be her last uh, holiday cube update and then she's handing it over to daybreak games completely so yeah that that backs up your what you're saying i, I wonder actually like where they they get their stuff from right especially for stuff like holiday cubes uh, etc like you you need people who know what they're doing you you have to understand what yeah, you're doing when when they did the transition i read all the like the personal profiles on their website just out of interest and a lot of them have a very rich magic past so it's not oh, like okay. yeah it's not like uh you know they're, they're this this esports gaming company a lot of them have ties in magic and mm -hmm. have worked there in the past i think so yeah i think you're right though we're going to find this middle ground hopefully of you know just more information out there fast yeah, responses to problems and i'm just yeah, so optimistic great. about it yeah when you think about how many hours each week uh, uh just like joe dyer's crew sinks into collecting all the data it's like i don't know there's there's at least two legacy events and then you have a couple of people doing that for like an hour or two i don't know and then you have to compile everything and present it i don't know that's dozens of hours each week and if, yeah. if you just like automate that that would mm. be so amazing yeah i saw i saw um joe and you posted on the forums today asking them to release at least all the information for challenges and they they'd already responded within like pretty fast saying but the thing is he, we'll he had it. um uh, he had posted it uh, a couple of weeks ago and then they responded oh, and then we both responded back immediately okay okay cool and they were open to to actually doing that they, yeah and, and you mentioned that they would also sometimes say oh we're not gonna do that when they, they definitely don't have plans so that that gives more value to them actually yeah. saying oh we're looking into it yeah yeah because i remember 
an example is uh, Newton was messaging them on Twitter quite a lot saying, is opposition agent, which was slightly bugged to getting it fixed. And he had, <laughs> he had messaged them every few weeks and they would just say, it's not in the planned up update. Mm -hmm. It's not in the next update. And then finally it was like, yeah, it's in the next update. So there we go. There you go. Cool. So f fingers crossed they give just all the data for the, I mean, all the five O's would be awesome. Like let's, let's be real, but at least the, all the challenge lists would be great. Isn't that actually a thing? But I thought like only in vintage where they release all the five hours or was that a bug? I th we think it's a bug. The, um, the legacy ones are like not consistent. Yeah, the legacy ones are weird, right? We talked yeah. about that, right? And yeah. then you look deeper into it. I think it was like the thing where if you queue up and then you load a different deck and you five out, it sh like shows both or something. I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, a, it's weird. I, yeah, don't it's know, I don't know how they <laughs> it. didn't make sense for the legacy one, so, yeah, sure. So okay. vintage, it could be a bug, or maybe it just carries on. That'd be really cool. But uh, yeah, yeah, who knows? Okay. I guess that brings us into November. Kai, what, what is your favorite card that has been released in November? And November uh, got us the Brothers War. Yeah, um, yeah. I, th I think I think this this set got a lot of like flavor to um a, l a lot of like popular um popularity in uh in Legacy, right? Because because of the awesome looking old border artifact cards, like my yeah, babies are so Legacy beautiful. staple Phyrexian Revoker. My babies are so beautiful. All Dude, these old border artifacts are so gorgeous, nice. man. Vicious Bobble. Vicious uh, Bobble is insane. It looks yeah, it looks crazy. That good. was I'm also a big. That's also a big fan of the Wormcoil. Yeah. yeah, the Wormcoil engine is also crazy. Oh, the Wormcoil is so nice. I wish that car was like a little more popular in, in Legacy. Yeah, you know? yeah, dude. If you ask Marius Hausmann, he wants to play it in Painter. You can pl <laughs> you can play it in Painter. Like the thing is, like it's ever since the Chaos Defile has been printed. Do you really want Wormcoil? No, but you didn't want it before. Yeah. So the the only good reason to play it, in my opinion, is it looks so nice. Yeah, <laughs> but it looks so nice. By the way, Callum, I actually, I, I don't know why, I recently came across a post of yours, was not on the Discord or on Twitter, where you literally posted a, a leaked copy of Mishra's Bobble, and you, you even, like, put a caption there, I know it's not real, but I desperately <laughs> want it to be real. I know, I remember it. I remember posting that. <laughs> I was like, it's too nice to be real. It's too beautiful. I'm talking about, like, the, the sketch or the... the Retro frame artifacts. Retro uh... frame, but the, the extra, like, the... Yeah, the, when they changed style. up the artwork, yeah, tr yeah, blueprint like. Yeah, actually, it doesn't. So, it says version two. That's the official designation. Version two, retro frame mm. version two. There we go. Really rolls yeah. off the tongue. Yeah. It's just two <laughs> versions. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite one from the set though is the Solgo Lantern. It's... Oh yeah, yeah. That's great, Beautiful. right? Ah uh, man, but you know what I'm so surprised about? Those are so incredibly cheap. Like yeah. the Mishra's Bobby version two, one of the nicest ones on MKM. You get them for two euro. But yeah. that's already on the high end like the i bought the thorn of amethysts like these ones were like less than a euro i believe and i think you have the other ones the version two ones and those are also like not all that expensive i really. spent too much for those ones because i bought them straight away because i knew i wanted them for four seasons ah okay, okay. but i know they're a lot less because i thought that these were all going to be in like special packs but they're just all in normal packs you can open them as in Honestly, every, sing every single Brothers War pack, you can get these in. The thing is, I, I, I don't even play Mishra's Bubble, but I might literally just pick up a playset of those version 2 oh, ones. Oh, you should. I've picked up a playset yeah. of both versions just because they're so cheap. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, they, they both look awesome, and surely they'll never be cheaper than this, especially for nice versions. So I've basically ordered four of every nice-looking artifact in the whole set. <laughs> you, you literally <laughs> make me want to do the same, even tonight. I've got, I've got so many of them. <laughs> And I'm about to order all like playsets of all the artifact lands with like old border as well. Oh right. yeah, yeah. I, I oh, got yeah. the 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 ancient den ones. Oh no, ancient den's the white one. The the great furnace great ones. Great furnace, yeah, yeah. And but I still have to get used to them. Get get the tap lands as well. They're they're pretty good. 
Yeah. Oh, okay, they're, okay. They're, they're also cheap. Well, I'm, so I'm about to play two of the black, red, one in Painter. Oh, aren't those the ones that are artifacts and indestructible? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those are really going to be the thing is like you actually have to update us uh, at some point because I I'm still building my my magic online version of <laughs> okay. Painter which is feel, feels great but you told me you're looking to Badlands you're looking to that Taplands uh, yeah. that that's not I mean, the the kind of sad but also kind of fun interesting thing is like Defile not being online like I can't test it I'm just playing it mm -hmm. at locals or in tournaments when they come up I've played I've played Defile in only four seasons three. Uh, and six rounds at my locals and but, that's it yeah that's it and then i guess a bunch of like hotel lobbies and stuff yeah yeah hotel lobbies as well actually i was gonna play three more last night but i was so in the mood for pre-mod and i just played pre-mod <laughs> um, yeah dude the, the pre-mod and buckets really yeah but no so i mean i'm the the fable painter discord part is very active and people play, saying they're like playing it at their locals they're playing it online that like, you know people are getting them now because we're saying it's good but we're still working out the mana base, basically. And currently, what I want to try is two Badlands and two of the Black Red Bridges with a Nihil Spellbomb. No fetches. And then Fetchlands as well, I guess? No fetches. Oh, just like straight up two Badlands? So what I've found out, I played four fetches at four seasons. One or two life over the course of a game is actually really real. That's an Ancient Tomb tapping. And you're very often tapping on Ancient Tomb a lot of the time, and you're racing Delvers or whatevers. Like, one life can win or lose you a game in a deck with four Ancient Tombs. So I think the fetch lands, it's not the stifle or it's not like opposition Asian that's bad about them. It's just losing a life is actually really bad. And like which... going for fast lands isn't really a thing, right? Because we tap, we play so many no. lands. Yeah. And then like, if you they... can't activate your saga and stuff, it's just yeah. like that. Which, I added a 20 second land for Defiler to play them a bit more. Um, fast lands are kind of interesting with saga because you often play it like as the third land and the saga just sacrifices, but still. Uh, okay, no. yeah, that would, that would work, I yeah. guess. Yeah. But so we're between like, obviously you can play up to four bad lands, but I'm between adding enough black sources to play, be able to play Nihil Spellbomb, which is a really, really good upgrade over Solgai Lantern. It is almost worth the splash when you're already trying to get black sources in there for Defiler. But I think the deck can support two Defilers without playing any black lands because you can play like three or four pedals. You've got a Mox Opal, you've got treasures from Fable, you've got Saga can get a pedal or a Mox Opal. Um, you can like weld the pedals back in and stuff. So you just have a lot of black sources, but mm -hmm. but they're not all permanent, so they don't support Nihil Spellbomb. They, they just support playing a five drop once and then you're done. So I don't know. That's what we're working out. But currently, I think two bad lands, two of the black red indestructible land is what I'm going to test next. But mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's it's zero Badlands, maybe it's four Badlands, maybe it's Fetches and one Badlands. No, land. it's it's, it's kind of exciting. It reminds me of the early days of the Source when, when I started playing Legacy, where you would discuss stuff like that, right? And yeah, yeah. Nobody played on Magic Online because Magic Online didn't really have proper Legacy for a long, long time. And yeah, yeah we... And the decks <laughs> used to be like three and a half grand. Yeah. yeah, especially if you wanted to play like like the super yeah. expensive stuff like like Punisher Steed and Arms Chant. Those were the most expensive cards at over 100. I remember dollar. having access to a friend's account who had most of the stuff, just almost everything. And uh, then I was like testing like Dark Bant, Stoneblade, whatever, which I played at Eternal Week in 2017. And being able to use his account was absolutely invaluable. But I looked up the, the cost sometimes and it was like $3,800 for an online deck, which is so stupid. Yeah 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 but yeah so we have all of these amazing amazing artifacts that's almost like a preemptive preemptive christmas present we got mm -hmm. from wizards so that that's amazing and then not only beautiful stuff but also like super powerful cards or at least one very powerful card in phyrexian dragon engine 
That also started to write into Painter, right? And I've been playing... I don't have access to Defiler. I've never played mm -hmm. with Defilers ever. I didn't even borrow your deck to try it out. No. But playing with Phyrexian Dragon Engine, it just feels so fucking right. It's insane. This card is so mm. fucking good. Oh my god. It was like... You know when... I, I thought it was going to be good in Painter, but I just didn't get around to trying it like straight away for a while. And then I got one league before four seasons. And I was like, okay, I'm going to play a bunch of leagues this week just to test it, to see if I want it for ELM and or... The, the Sunday main event. Second match, I was like, yeah, I'm sold. This is 100% a staple in painter till something better comes along. And <laughs> it's, it's not very confident. <laughs> no, I'm so confident. And I want to play two in painter. I'm almost about to play 61 cards because I can't find the second. Holy card. fucking shit, by the way, that artwork. It's so cool as well. Yeah. It's so cool. Julian's just maximized it on our notes. But yeah, yeah. Like it's a 2 2, so you don't really think it's really big, but fuck it. Like you, you increase the size of this. This is like a rolling dragon on like a tank. It's almost fighting. like a Phyrexian dragon engine. It literally <laughs> looks yeah. like, like a but it's, got, it's, got, it's got tracks, right? It's huge. Yeah, it's so cool. I, I'm in, absolutely in love with this card. So I want two because um, welding them in and out is obviously pretty real. <laughs> <laughs> One for the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been playing a Painterless Painter a bit online and I'm just waiting for the for the rest of the fraction dragon engines to arrive in paper but it's basically like play using four dragon engines and then three or four unearths and then you know eight goblins oh welders, you can do that as well yeah and you'll yeah. play defilers and then like ah. unearth really helps playing painter and engineer and welder as well you can get them all back and then obviously unearthing a dragon engine just draws three cards as well so it, i don't think it's as good as painter but i've been playing it with um scrapwork mart as well which is another new card from the set which is like a two mana two one when etbs you can discard a card and draw a card and then you can unearth it for two one and a red as well so yeah it's just like goblin well the fun house <laughs> i want this an old frame as well yeah me too me too oh and with in this deck i'm playing full galvanic blast uh, bringing that <laughs> okay. card back because it kills seasons engineer and uh, yeah you gotta and, uh, and stuff. what is the the uh instant the deal is five damage but you have to sacrifice an artifact i've been playing shrapnel blast as well shrapnel blast shrapnel yeah. blast yeah i've i've got i've got two shrapnel blasts in this deck oh you do yeah oh dude sacrificing dragon engine to then weld in instant speed is... <laughs> it's like nothing ever happened but your opponent lost five life <laughs> <laughs> oh i've got a lot of shrapnel blast forced yeah 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 but that's okay i guess yeah Dude, so, that's amazing. Yeah, any, that was just like the, the the Christmas month. Oh, this card! I wasn't expecting something like to come new for Painter. Painter's got so many new toys in the last couple of years. Like, I guess Painter's also one of those decks that has a lot of potential to get like really good stuff. Yeah, I, it's like it's you're not really tied to all that many things. Like there there's decks like Elf, so you have like to to consider a lot of synergies and you mm -hmm. like a certain density. And in Painter, not really all that much. I guess you want some kind of density of artifacts, but that's pretty yeah. much it. I mean, you don't even have to play red or the goblins like. Painter and Grindstone, you can build a lot of ways around them. Um, I do think the power of this deck comes from, <coughs> sorry, from playing red. Blasts are great at the moment, but yeah, you can do a lot of things. <laughs> okay. Cool. So yeah, one of the most exciting months. And then it, it, it almost felt like we, we ended the year in absolute style. We ended the year in December with literally the biggest legacy events we have seen ever since the beginning of the pandemic. And then even some, it's probably like the biggest legacy events ever since GP Bologna, even when we count Bologna, like GPs, right? Yeah, definitely. We, we, we spent the last two episodes just talking about big legacy events. And I don't know, like for me, this has been almost like the rebirth, the renaissance of, of, of Legacy in, in a way. Like, can you, if somebody had told you like a couple of years ago, oh yeah, Legacy is going to have like an almost 500 paper player event 
and there's going to be like two more of, of almost the same size on like the, the very next weekend. I wouldn't believe you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like Legacy 2.0. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, I think that people are realizing over the last year that, you know, grassroots, I mean, you've been speaking about that a lot. We have on the podcast, but grassroots is, uh, is a real, real part of the future of legacy and maybe the biggest part of the future of legacy and four seasons started as that. And we have the events in Frising, we have, et cetera, we have LLMs in London, and I'm sure there's many more over the world popping up. And think, isn't Kaya also doing like some events in Berlin? Oh yeah, like, high I five. Mean, the, 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 yeah, that that too. Yeah, like you know, just like slowly trying to uh... high five Berlin. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. know what we should have in Europe, uh, in in Munich, uh, in in Germany, we should have like city wars. Like we sent <laughs> the the Munich legacy team to fight the Berlin legacy team. Yeah. Kai, you probably don't remember this, but or maybe I'd you be do. Down. Do you remember the Magic Bundesliga? Uh, I don't think that... No, I don't it think so. It was slightly before my time, at least as a competitive player, and that literally was a thing. I, I don't know if we only did it in Bavaria, but we literally had a thing where different towns would send their representatives in three formats to a, to another town and then play them basically in a team format, like like we, basically team trios like we did in Four Seasons. And then people kept track of that for a year, and that was literally like a league. And it was called the Magic Bundesliga. I never played in it, but I was aware of it. Uh, imagine I mean, how flavorful that yeah, would be. I mean, it, it sounds pretty cool. But before we before we do that, I should I would probably vote for like a European uh, or like a German God of Legacy. Whatever. Dude, it's so fucking about time Repl- that we bring back like the German Legacy Championship. Yeah, dude. I was about the to say the last one happened 2010-11. I think Europe would love like uh, like MKM tour back or something like that. It doesn't have to be MKM, obviously, but some kind of tour around Europe where like. You know, the European players will travel for it. Like, it, you know, people want to play Legacy. It's been proven this year now. So I feel like it is a lot of work, and I, I think it's a bit of a thankless job like running Legacy events in different countries. But I don't know. It could be highly profitable if someone's listening. <laughs> yeah, that that's something, like, I didn't really talk too much about it to, to the people involved, but I'm my biggest concern is when people put something on, like, Four Seasons, that it actually is worth it to them. And that doesn't need to be that they get rich. But I my biggest fear almost is that some people that are necessary for a project like that burn out and then the project dies with them yeah so i i've been the kind of guy like when i talk to them and and they talk to sponsors and i'm like what so what are they giving what are you getting and i was always the guy up in their ass being like dude you asked for way too little you should ask for more you should ask yeah for yeah more. <laughs> like like doing lms for six years bit over six years now I, a couple of times i felt really burnt out and I, I i don't make anything off it they're all non-profit but you do sometimes burn out like, oh God, can't someone else do it for a little bit? But it, mm. it, it's worth it in the end, and I'm, I'm very happy I do them. But you can definitely yeah. sometimes get, you know, feel like you know, it, there's no end because you're always just doing it for free. So there's no end goal. There's nothing to hit. It's just you're just running them. But no, I think, I don't know, you probably just do need someone to be making a profit on these events to be pushed into that role to you know make them bigger and yeah, stuff. even like uh, if it's not a personal profit like but it's sh- at least you, you shouldn't like come out like negative or, or yeah. like paying I- something out of your pocket but if you if you get to create a budget to put on something maybe even bigger like you know like a big end of year event or, or like mm-hmm. to build up towards something so you feel like oh these events that we're running and then you know i have this extra budget that i can put on something amazing and yeah even that is, is something to to you know keep it steady at least and that's that's True. the one thing I'm scared of that could happen, but uh, I don't see it happening right now to any of those events. I'm also not like too. I don't know too much about 
any of these grassroots events going on except for like etc but yeah that's that's my thought about that but overall i guess we're already like part of like in in talking about our review 2022 and i guess i'm gonna go into mine first uh just because i'm first in the show notes mm -hmm. uh for me personally outside of magic it was just a year of working way too much and i think i've talked about that on a podcast before it's just tourism has picked up like crazy we never replaced my colleague so this year has been this year and a half even has been the most work intensive thing i've ever done and i'm pretty pissed about it uh but more not necessarily like at my at like the company i work for because in the end it's like up to me i guess i got a pre pretty reasonably big um christmas bonus bigger than ever before but yeah anyway i'm just like saying mm. i can't go on the way this year has worked so i'm either gonna try to work less or get better pay or do something completely different uh, but i feel like i'm very much at a crossroads in my life and to, to phrase it in a positive way i don't feel like I'm, I'm at a crossroads where i have to decide between like two bad roads it's more like hey I, I have i have options and that's cool and that's where i am right now that's regards to life damn like yeah <laughs> ch and changes are good changes are good they very good right? changes yeah <laughs> And with regards to Magic, we already talked about Daybreak games and what I, that I also really like what we're seeing with them. Uh, we revitalized our local and regional scene and yeah, it's it's literally been the biggest it has been in 10 years. The last time I saw like the, the Bavarian legacy scene or even like the Southern German legacy scene being this big has literally been in 2009, 2010 when we were playing like GP trials for GP Madrid and stuff. And then maybe even 2011 and ever since it's been on a decline. And now that we've done proxies here, holy shit. Like we just had a, I believe, 42, 43 player event and it was one of the smaller ones. Yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely crazy. It's so good to see, uh, you know, like, you know, big events. Or, or even like um, just like seeing that the um, the proxy thing is just really like paying off, you know, even in like larger events. Yeah, and really you barely notice it. Like it's it's not like people bring like Sharpies on like a piece of paper and just like, oh, this is my Tarmogolf. Like, okay, whatever, dude. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, like... It's funny. Like it's, uh, the, the, the Tarmogolfs <laughs> don't even play the legacy. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Are you sure this is... this? I, I would uh -oh. trust you if you told me this, this was a Merktide. Could as well be a Merktide. Golf's like a two-pound card now. What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, you could actually... Who said that? Somebody said that you could tell the story of Legacy almost just through the eyes of Tramogolf. I mean, you missed the first couple of years, but after that, you can tell the story of Legacy through the well, eyes I, of Tramogolf. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but anyone listening, you have to see this. There's a video about Tramogolf on Ristic Studies on YouTube. Oh, it's, that's really good. It's so oh, yeah. good. It, gotta watch it. It made me like almost well up. Like, There's so much nostalgia and memories. And I think it's... What's the name of it? It's just like... His anyway, name? Just the, the name of the video. Just search Ristic Studies... Time of golf. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's so good. Yeah. Amazing. And yeah, for me, um, what I'm looking forward to for next year is just like more paper events, uh, both regional and the big ones. I think we all three of us we want to go to the next four seasons in March. So I'm super fucking hyped for that. I've already, for more. I've already booked my travel there. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And then when it comes to my favorite cards, we we had that segment, right? Where we talk about our favorite cards of the year. Uh I'm I'm the thing is, I want to say it's Fable of the Mirror Breaker, but it feels like the card belongs to Callum because Callum loves the card even more than I do. And no, has you, been can playing. Have it, you can have it. I've, okay, I've, I can. Okay. It's, not my, it's not my chosen one. Okay, so for competitive magic, it's definitely Fable of the Mirror Breaker. I just absolutely love what the card does. It's very powerful, but not in a blunt way, but more in a very like elegant way. And it's also spread out over a couple of turns. And yeah, it's, it's very unassuming, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And. 
from a casual perspective, even though I guess I rarely get to play casual magic, but from a casual perspective, I absolutely love, and I'm actually co gonna copy that over into the document so you guys can see that as well. Uh, Callum probably already knows it. Kai might actually also know it. It's this guy. Can you see it? Marnius Kalgar. It's from the 40k commander deck. He's one of the possible commanders. He's a two colorless, white, blue, black, three, five double strike. And when one or more tokens enter the battlefield under your control, draw a card. And you can pay six mana and create two, two, two white Astartes warrior creature tokens with Vigilance. That card just speaks to me on a flavor level more than anything I've seen in, in a decade almost. I don't know why, but that whole Farmer, Farmer, Farmer 40k thing and Callum talking about it and me watching lore videos about it really drew me into it. This so, guy is so a no massive loser, by the way, in the lore. No! <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, he's, he's not, he's not. He's a lover. Loser, I mean, right? he's probably fine, but he's he's an ultramarine, which is like the bog-standard beginner get-into army of Warhammer. Sorry, I've just ruined your favorite card. Yeah, okay. So, so basically, Julian, you're, you're a basic you're a basic bitch. bitch. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yes. you know, just, mm. <laughs> I mean, there must be some redeeming factor about that guy. Uh, no, no. <laughs> that's really nothing <laughs> but no, he looks so cool fuck I, it man <laughs> no, I, I will I will say a lot of people I mean it's the most ultramarines are part of space marines they are like probably the most popular because they're like what everyone they're the most iconic they're the blue armor mm -hmm. the, the most iconic space the blue marines. armor is really setting it yeah yeah he's got blue armor <laughs> but <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, that... he's not the worst there's um he's like second in command to Guillaume uh, robot man or something let me look at him okay okay so yeah, anyway, uh that literally <laughs> that card made me made me explore the lore even more and I'm not even like at at point point one percent or anything about it, but <laughs> yeah. I think it's just like super flavorful. Uh he looks like a space marine, but the the lore behind it is super amazing. God, you could have chosen like Noise Marine or or like Is there a card for Noise Marine? I don't know. Yeah, there is. It's it's also a really cool design. It's like five mana two two or whatever, three three. Um, it has Cascade, and when it ETBs, it does damage to a target equal to the number of spells you cast this turn. So it does damage equal to, like, Storm. But, like, you Cascade as well. So you cast the Cascades first, then it ETBs and does, like, two damage because you've cast the Noise Marine and the thing you've Cascaded into. So Noise Marines are meant to be, like, multiple things in your face and noisy and it's chaos. So, you know, you Cascade into random things, and it's kind of cool. So. But do they have blue armor? No, they have pink armor. Okay, well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, but I, I actually picked a third card as well. Okay, go on. The third card is actually, it's kind of cheap. No, actually, it's the opposite of cheap. <laughs> it's, it's Alpha Black Lotus. Yeah, exactly. My favorite <laughs> card of the year is Alpha Black Lotus. No, it's it's that Ponda they did for Eternal Weekend. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. I might actually just proxy some, like get nice proxies printed and use them sometimes. You know, is that, is that like... like ordering your own trophy and putting it on in your living room or something no it's, it's i mean if you play with the playset it's so obviously not real and oh okay now the thing is like i love the, the artwork the artwork is amazing but what i love even more is that they they did this right this super incredibly fa flavorful thing there's going to be like how many of those like 24 in the world mm -hmm. it's one of the most flavorful things you can do as a company just like this is like Super Bowl rings, and, basically. And it's, it's free for them. It's so good. It's absolutely free, right? It's I guess they have to commission the artwork. It's yeah. printing money for the players, and it's just an amazing idea. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, you're actually right, right? This is printing insane money for the players. Yeah. And it hurts nobody. It's great. It's so good. It's... I guess it hurts the people who are selling foil Japanese ponder, whatever. I don't care. 
<laughs> well, look, Pond Pond the Saxon Legacy, you heard it here first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a death sentence. Like, but next no, card that gets printed, yeah. Jokes aside, this is, I really hope they continue for every Eternal Weekend. I think this is so, so cool, good. not even for the monetary value. This actually makes me want to top it on Eternal Weekend again. I mean, yeah. oh, you, you always want to top it on Eternal Weekend, but. But, but way no. more. It's, it, it's, monetary value is a really big incentive, but it's also like an extra big prize just for top 18. It's literally a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, kinda. yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. I love it. Yeah. This is amazing. And with that, I'm gonna hand the year over to you guys. Let me let me hear um which lovable loser is your favorite card of the year. <laughs> well, it's not a loser for sure. My year's been pretty a uh, lot less exciting. It's work has just kind of carried on. We're about to go into an insane new year, so I'm just buckling up for that. Like too many things going on. But for now, yeah, I moved moved house and then I said it a couple of times. I've loved running LLM this year. It's been one of my favorite things because we've had more new players come this year than ever before. Not more or less players. Um, we've hit Kappa quite a few times, but just I've seen new faces at LLMs more than ever. So that's really cool. So anyone listening that's like, you know, side coming to LLM this year, big thumbs up. It's really cool. Um, then other than that, yeah, I've got the fire back as well for paper events, similar to you. Four seasons, just like, I don't know. I didn't realize how much I missed Big, bigger legacy events and it is specifically legacy events as well because i've been to bigger things like for modern or whatever here in the uk but it was like a, an international legacy event that's the way to put it like actually now was amazing as well i had a great time but it's something about the whole the whole process of going somewhere else and traveling properly and staying in a hotel or whatever uh, or not being in the hotel because you're out having nice drinks and beer and stuff I just kind of wait for more. So I basically booked my ticket for March's Four Seasons a week after, within the week I got back. I was just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm you so know, honestly, if, if I was running Four Seasons, I, I would have like a testimony page and I would literally put that kind of quote on there. Callum, yeah. host of Ray Day Channel, I literally booked my ticket for the next se- uh, Four Seasons a week after. after yeah, the first I, I, it's just good marketing. Yeah. I should have done it sooner. That's all I can say. It, <laughs> it's, anyone listening, please come to Four Seasons. It's it's one of those and the 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 feel of it i I think we gushed about it so much in our last episode as well but like just the feel of it is all the people running it and organizers and players there are all there for the right reasons like they just want to play this game and be with friends there at the same time it's yeah so that's what i'm most excited for next year four seasons again oh yeah yeah um otherwise so So what's your favorite card so it was between it was between two so i'm gonna choose to i think I think Phyrexian Dragon Engine is my favorite card. It's been we've had, Damn. we've had, even more than the Chaos to Fire though. That's the other card, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah, dude. <laughs> um, I I really struggle to choose between them. Chaos to Fire is like, I, maybe it's my favorite. I don't know, but Dragon Engine <laughs> I love the play patterns of more. So Chaos to Fire is like a cooler edition. It's a cool, big, splashy, awesome card, and I love it to bits. Phyrexian Dragon Engine like. This card is making me try and build new decks around around it rather than like you know it's amazing in painter and i think i'm gonna play two in painter and it's 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 a complete staple in the deck now but i'm as i said like you know i'm trying to build unearth and more goblins and just playing four of it and i don't know i just want to build decks around it i need to buy some mishras to try and meld it and all this stuff <laughs> yeah i did i did build painterless painters like as soon as the set hit magic online i paid like 80 tickets to just get some dragon engines and mishras just to play a couple of leagues and I almost melded twice, but my opponents conceded. Oh. <laughs> it was so sad. Um, but uh, we also had a couple of other questions, like Kyra, our questions. And one of them was, one was biggest game punt. I don't remember. <gasps> I forgot my biggest game punt. So I'm going to get to that yours. in a moment. I know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mine, 
Mine, I just put long year too many. I'm not sure. <laughs> I probably messed up a lot. Nothing super memorable. But Wishes, I would love to see some unbans next year for Legacy. I Ooh. think Legacy has become such a proxy-friendly slash online format that I would love to see stuff like even Survival of the Fittest and, and Earthbind unbanned. I don't know if we're in, we're in a point where they, they're even thinking about it. Maybe not. And it's just like really wishful thinking. But, you know, it's Christmas. Listen to me, uh, uh -oh. Wizard of the Coast. Yeah. Please unban like I don't know a third of the legacy ban list. <laughs> yeah, but includes including survival, frantic search, mind twist. Zerda, I, I don't I don't mind about Zerda, and um, I will gladly give you Dragon Rage Challenger as a prisoner in return for all these, these cards. Oh yeah, <laughs> cool. How about uh, Julian? Do you want to say your pun, and then we can go over to Kai fully. My biggest punt, I actually had to think about it for quite a while at the office today when, when Kai posted the questions. And I was I, like, I think I'm I sure it. I had a lot of punts, but none <laughs> of them were hilarious. But then I remembered my biggest punt of the year, and I literally, I was alone at the office at that point. I literally laughed out loud in, in the <laughs> office. <laughs> and yeah, so my biggest punt, and I guess as soon as I start talking about it, uh, at least one of you might remember. I, I know already. I know already. I'm going okay. to type it in the chat and see if it's right. Well, Okay. Is it right? Oh, no. No, no, no. no. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't <laughs> nah, even... Nah, dude. Oh, 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 God, yeah. Oh. Right, Julia's got two. Okay. 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 Oh. You, you actually have to tell that one because I don't remember that one. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So, my biggest pun of the year was I started playing Painter and please... Well, oh, yeah, I remember Yeah, this. yeah. Yep, I started playing Painter and I was like, Callum, <laughs> give me your Painter list. And Callum gave me his list, but I think it was not a... It was not a Magic Online decklist file. It was just like a list. And I think it's had like three cities or a city of traitors. Yeah, and I could have just put city. Yeah, you just put city, I believe. So maybe, and, dear listener, can see where this is going with just city as your yeah. So I go, I go to Magic Online. Actually, no, I started out a card order. I put the deck together. I pick all the artworks I like. I put three cities in there. I download the file. I put it in Magic Online. I get the cards. I literally play the deck for a week. I played like, <laughs> I don't know, eight, ten leagues with it. And at some point, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is really good. I could, I could really see myself playing this. I'm really enjoying this. At some point, I'm sending a screenshot to Callum about a tricky situation. <laughs> Not only did Which... Callum immediately figure out how I could win on the very same turn when I was, like, trying to, like, just optimize oh, yeah. for, like, the, the next four The tricky situation turns. was you hadn't realized that Fable just copies Engineer and kills them. So you were like, I can't work it out. I'm, like, three mana short of this or that. I'm like, you can kill them with, like, ten mana spare. <laughs> <laughs> And, by the way, Julian, why are you playing City of Brass? <laughs> <laughs> it is mono red deck. <laughs> uh, you, had a, you had a City of Brass in the graveyard. I'm I like, had three oh, City of Brass. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's for so a bad. week. For ten leagues. <laughs> just like in my head, City is like City of Brass. And, and that's what he put in the deck. And I, I, literally... I just thought you were playing like a, the five-color deck with like Emery and stuff no. as well. No, no I just... literally played fucking City of Brass. God. because i was stupid and i didn't even question myself whenever i tapped that stupid city of brass and, I, and I like, think I, luckily <laughs> i'm pretty sure i only played one or two cities but yeah it's still ridiculous <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. So the other part doesn't top that that's that's definitely number one but what was the other part i don't even remember that uh it's not as flashy as funny but at, at four seasons you were playing modern and you definitely bolted an opponent's dragon rage channel when they were at three Oh, I'm why? Sure. You, you just like you said, you saw that from from the other table, and then you, because I don't remember that at all. No, but it you might told have me after. You told me after. 
I think you won, oh, the, yeah, think you won the game anyway, but, <laughs> but, you, but you won the game and your opponent was like, why did you bolt my creature? Dude. I was just a three. And you're like, oh shit, yeah. Dude, uh, magic has all, always been about like showing dominance. Yeah, yeah. It's, all right. it's all right, dude. It's all right, dude. So, so it wasn't really wasteland. Yeah. Sure. We got gotcha. you. We got gotcha. you. <laughs> oh, man. Cool. Okay, yeah. Sea of Brass takes it, though. That's great. Holy shit. It was so stupid, dude. And the third punt it. was saying an Ultramarine is the coolest card in here. <laughs> It just happened a few seconds ago. <laughs> you know, you know what's the beautiful part about picking up any new hobby? It's being a, a super enthusiastic newbie. Yeah. You know, true. where you like, you know nothing, but you know that you're like super excited about this, and you love something that other people think is stupid, but you're like, I don't know, I love it. I don't even know the guy. I've never played with that guy. I only played against that guy, but I just love the artwork. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's me. Um. Callum, what was your? I don't know. You you didn't have a lot, lot of proper puns, right? I guess we're moving on to Kai. I'm I'm sure I did tons. I just I don't <laughs> remember them. I'm sure. Lovely dear listeners, especially if you know me in real life, you can tell me the that, stupid things. Dude, that's not. Yeah, like yeah. there are no puns if you don't remember Look, them. I'll... The biggest punt was telling me to attack at four seasons when I was at three life, and you well, thought you I was didn't... a ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. I, I don't. This was this was like years oh, ago, but it, it came up in conversation at uh, local game store last night. I was talking with a friend. He was playing. He was playing Bomberman, and I was playing like some mentor deck. And I have Serenity, and he had played a Microsynth Lattice, and <laughs> and but the, I dealt with the Khan afterwards. And so then he has like nothing. There's a Lattice, and then like a couple of lands, and he has like four or five cards in hand. But he obviously has no action. And then I have like mentor, some tokens. He's gonna probably die next turn. And I'm like, oh whatever. I'll just play Serenity to like get some mentor triggers. It's not gonna destroy anything. Maybe it kills a Mox Opal. I can't remember. And then I'm like, yeah, attack in, blah, blah. And then he goes through his turn. He's like, okay, pass it back to you quickly. I'm like, okay, cool. And he's like, serenity trigger. I'm like, yeah, okay. And he's like, everything's an artifact. Oh, shit. So, Obliterate. So serenity blew up like my mentor, all my things. And then he won very easily. It was like unlosable game if I'd never cast serenity. But yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well played. Anyway, yeah. over to you, Well played, Kai. gamer. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had some, uh, some some big changes too this year. Um, I you might have actually have big... had the biggest changes of all of us, right? Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, I moved uh, to to Berlin from, from Tokyo to Berlin uh, this April um, and opened my new stream stu- stream and art studio in Berlin. It's uh, it's been it's been fantastic. I gotta say, like I haven't streamed a lot in this December. It's because you say he hates of... you all. Yeah. Yeah, dude, everyone hates me. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I feel just like super, super busy in December. It's just like doing, um, finishing a lot of like alteration requests, which I've gotten um, throughout the year. Uh, the, it's it's the same thing like every single year, right? Like December is just, the, yeah, you, you have like close to zero time. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I could, um, that I made it to the Four Seasons event, but man, a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Again, thank you so much for all the alteration requests, uh, everyone. I really appreciate it. Um, also, like other some other things that I I started my first token series, which I uh, distributed at the Four Seasons event, Ooh, yeah. and I, um, which will I will also take to to Japan uh, next week. I have them right and in front of me, actually. I'm, I've yeah. been checking them. And I hear, I hear there's a chance that some of our patrons are also going to get some of those. Uh-oh. I, I haven't mentioned it yet, but I, I have not been very good at sending out anything this year, so I'm putting up yeah, like a bigger know. drop for like probably hey. it's not going to arrive this year, but early next year. So Maybe if send- you no, no, just go on. Uh, so yeah, I'm saying so. So if you don't have your postal address on on Patreon yet, just add it. It's, it's going to yeah. be for our everyone. I think we have 67 Patreons right now. 
and yeah just add your postal address and you'll you'll get some swag next month yeah maybe super late santa might put something in your sock right <laughs> yeah it's it's, um, it's santa on suspend uh, <laughs> <laughs> um other than that i also started to play commander for the first time in my life uh which or like, i guess like after like a five six year break um so excited about commander that i already built three decks a mono green azusa deck a mono black Kirk, uh, son of Yakmoth, or should I say Post Malone? Oh, that's Post Malone, yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> it's already pre-ordered. You know, it's going to arrive in, I think, like two months or so. Super pumped. And then the and is it deck, it's Locust God. Just all the Wheel of Fortune effects and all the counters. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, it's, uh, you know. Like, it feels like everybody, everybody starts out building an Azusa deck. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it must be one of the most popular commanders. She's the basic this, bitch of commander. Dude, that commander deck literally is the is the commander version of tony murata's mono green cloud post deck yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> like i swear to god like a lot of the cards are just very similar there's elfish reclaimer uh there's no cloud post in the deck but there's like a ton of ramp and then into eldrazi so like same thing you know <laughs> sweet um as for as for punts, uh, I have uh, the biggest real life punt is that I forgot to book my flight for the oh, season, yes. the fourth season for Lanya in uh in well in, played. Uh, in Sorry, Julian Kai wins this one. Yeah, Kai, Kai actually takes yeah. the cake. <laughs> that, that was a that was a real life punt, and the biggest game punt was against Mythic Champion Mythic Invitational Champion Andrea Mangucci, where I uh, got deck checked and just freaking registered for. Water graves instead of underground. Seas. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna challenge that. I think you you had a bigger punt, but you didn't get punished for it. Oh shit! Remember on stream when you built your pile without a win condition? Oh, and without was, mana to cast your win condition? That was so. Oh man, that was unreal, dude. Yeah, I I I made this. I made the worst pile ever with Doomsday. Um, basically, I there was Thassa's Oracle, but I forgot to put in extra mana to cast it. So I made a losing pile, but opponents scooped anyway. Yeah, so. because you, the, the, the issue was you had a fetch land, but you didn't put a land to fetch into your pile. Yeah, dude. And just... then like in chat, we were like, Kai, just like play it off. Like, just keep doing it. And you cracked your fetch land and your opponent scooped in response. There's, yeah, there's just was... no justice at all. There's no justice, dude. There's <laughs> absolutely no justice. Um, my favorite card for 2022 is, is it's, it's not even close. It's uh, She Old with the Apocalypse that... Yeah, nice. Su yeah, super cool artwork, super cool text, not overpowered, just everything's, you know, set in place. It's close it's to perfect. Even the flavor text is amazing. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's short, compact, awesome. And if I had a wish for 2023... Old frame like, children. I, I would like to see... Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> she ordered 2.0, yeah. This wish is like hilarious. <laughs> I I've been I've been uh, looking for a street rave where I don't have to pay to life, but literally any other downside. I don't care. It, like, lose, lose three could... life. Edge of nah, autumn. <laughs> opponent opponent gains twenty life. Opponents gains gains two hundred life. I don't care. What if his opponent draws a card? Yeah, that's the first thing I thought was about. Oh, dude, that's mm. like. You can do that. that the thing is, like, depending that, on how that, you've built your pile, it might actually not matter what your opponent draws. Like endurance. So, yeah. what's, what's the would you play this card? One blue sorcery, draw a card, and cycling, uh, your opponent draws a card. Ah, uh, oh, that's blue. That I like that a lot because then you can pitch it. Mm. Um, yeah, that'd be good for the deck. Probably. Well, I. I Maybe a big maybe, a big maybe. Okay. Oh, I, I can also do something else, you know. I can. Look, Kai, I, I don't we're, know, not, like, we're not giving you a card that cycles for free. That can also be like a, a real life downside, you know. Every time a I cycle it, I, 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 I don't know. I, I shit my pants, for example. I don't know. I just, 
Dude, I <laughs> then don't you put care. Like, then you make one of your Google Gigi Gaga piles and you shit yeah, over dude, the entire table, man. Yeah, like four times in a row. Cycling, <laughs> cycling, you do the washing up for a week. That's actually super interesting, like a real-life downside. Like, you, yeah. you don't get to go first in the next game or something. But actually, you wouldn't go first anyway if you win with yeah. that pile, so that's not even a downside. I don't know. Like next, <laughs> yeah, next, next game, you, you have to play, like, single sleeve or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm not so sure we're going to see that, but Kai, you, you might try and apply it, Wizards of the Coast. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, being, I'm just being optimistic. Wizards, if you're listening to this, uh, please print a better screen grave. Kai, one, last question for you, then. 4-4 um, four, four Flying Vigilance, what color is that? 4-4 four, four Flying Vigilance. Yeah. White. Okay. You what? you're not a game designer. Oh, on what? Sorry. No. There's a it's a bit of a meme now. There was a you know there's they did that thing where like you know finding a game designer for Wizard of the Coast and the winner gets to be on the design team. Oh yeah yeah. That was black green. <laughs> yeah, everyone answered <laughs> white. Don't worry. Um, I guess black gets flying, but Switzerland's yeah, Switzerland's is kind of green, but I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. So well, you you both suck. Uh, me too. I obviously wouldn't have guessed it as well. <laughs> so, sorry, Kai, your shit myself for cycling and white flying <laughs> visions do not quite make it. <laughs> not yet. Not yet, true. Okay. Dude, we have seen stickers in 2022, you know? Like, anything is possible. It's, that's right? a really good rebuttal. Fuck. I would have never... <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, guys, before, uh, before we close it out, I totally forgot I had an AI write the rules of legacy, and I literally saved that because i wanted to quote those rules of legacy to you okay. are you ready no definitely not let's go <laughs> okay i'm not gonna quote all of them i'm just gonna go from the top for a couple of those i asked the ai to write 10 fictional sarcastic rules about uh, magic gathering legacy format rule number one players are required to spend at least as much money on their decks as they do on their rent because nothing says i like this game i like this game seriously like being homeless <laughs> Well, that's ridiculous. It's way more money than the rent. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, rule number two. You mean two. rent for like a couple of cards, yeah. yeah. Rule number two. Players are not allowed to have any fun because this is a serious game for serious people. Smiling is strictly forbidden. I love that one. I love that. Because every legacy deck is miserable. <laughs> oh my God, they killed me to one. Oh my God, they stopped me casting my spells. <sighs> Yeah. Rule number three, players are required to memorize the entire card pool, including all the obscure and forgotten cards that no one has played within decades. Bring your, points bring your chaos. You can do it in your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Defender of chaos, man. Fuck. That's the one. <laughs> so I, I can't play Legacy. There we go. Yeah, see, see. I, uh -oh. well, Defender I, of chaos. I, I've even been homeless. Like, I kind of, like, I, no, I you, obey the rules of Legacy. Yeah, you do. You are the Legacy <laughs> god. Uh, rule number four. Players are not allowed to make any mistakes because that would be admitting that you're not perfect. Just pretend you know what you're doing and hope no one notices us. That's true for so many players, too, yeah, seriously. Yes. Majority, yeah. I mean, I didn't even say I made any punt, so yeah. Okay, and then I'm going to stop at the fifth rule. There's a couple more. R rule number five. Players are required to take at least one hour to make every single decision because slow and indecisive play is the mark of a true master. This is the opposite of you. <laughs> that's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude i love that it's just like love like how these ais work they, they don't like copy pasting stuff they're literally just like gathering insight into whatever topic you ask them about and then they come up with their own like all of these could stuff. be pretty true for legacy i mean i've, I've had it write like small primers about decks like when i instructed it to like, like not write sarcastic or anything you literally could take that stuff, maybe really only edit a couple of small things and sell it to a website. It wouldn't be very deep, but it would literally, like if, if you were too bored to write an intro about a deck, 
you could literally have one of those AIs write an incredibly good intro to a, to a deck. And that's kind of, it's not scary, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fascinating. So yeah, <laughs> I've been having a lot of fun with that. Um, I've seen, yeah, we've got we've got so many primers from you. You've been really working hard recently. We got sneak and <laughs> show primer. There was a bit of a painter primer. There was a primer on HJ playing vintage. Uh, but you, you, you don't even know. Like I, I gave it like the most obscure instructions. I think one of my most obscure instructions was like that Anorak gets abducted by space aliens, and they interview him about like legacy meta games and and stuff. Like I, I wrote the most obscure prompts for those AIs, and yeah, <laughs> I could spend so much time with that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's just like a, a small minor thing. But uh, are we are we closing out the year here? Is this? I think so. I think so. At the beginning, Kai said, "So guys, are we going to do another one of those like three hour podcasts?" And we're we're getting there. <laughs> there you are. And for this one, I, I kind of knew that it was going to be longer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to got to go off in style. Ah, sounds good. Uh, it's already. Oh my god! And and Germany is already past midnight. Oh, yeah. we'll we'll see. Um, I mean, let, let's close it off with a big thank you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, big thank you to anyone. Seriously, anyone, whether you're like playing in local events. Thank you to the, even the people who are not listening. Like, carry on the thank you. Uh, it's just, it's amazing. Legacy has never been as big, as fascinating as it has been in this year in a long, long time. And I mean, sneaker show players get a little bit less of a thank you. Yeah, but they are struggling. Like, even JPA is, JPA is playing Nimble Mongoose these days. Like, what True. does that tell you? True. <laughs> Man, I, I never ever want to, like, close these end-of-year episodes, but it's it's been a blast. And especially, like, closing out the year with Four Seasons and rediscovering, like, big paper legacy events. That was just, like, the, and, the best. And, you know, as much as I make fun of you, Kai, Kai joined us in April, May. Oh, yeah. shit, that was, yeah, that was... Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I think we even talked about like months before you. whether we should ask Kai whether he wants to join and then like we we dragged on we didn't and then hey we should really get this Kai on board because yeah, like, I, otherwise I, another podcast is gonna get him. <laughs> I totally no, dude. I totally forgot that this was uh, 2022. Yeah, man. Holy moly! This is kind of crazy. Like we we wrote this this review of the year and we didn't even mention that. Uh, <laughs> I knew I was saving it for later. Oh, oh see, man. yeah, yeah. Arigato, dude. It's been it's been a it's been, a it's been real. It's been Thank real, you, dude. I'm doing I'm doing a bro history of the mic. Yeah, we're currently like still paying the transfer sum to to Japan for like releasing Kai out of his contract to get him to Europe. So if you want to contribute to that, you can join us on Patreon.com/slash/EverydayEternal, or you can leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify because apparently now you can actually leave reviews on Spotify. So if you want to do that, thank you so much. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on at EternalMTG on Instagram and Twitter. As long as Twitter is still going to be a thing, we have no idea how that's going to work. And with that, we are going to close it out. Big shout outs to everybody who's supporting us, all of our 67 Patreons, everybody hanging out on Discord, having a fun time, posting their food, making fun of stuff, uh, sending listener questions. And yeah, especially to our Eternal Witness tier supporters, Salvatore Orico, Tommy Hinks, Tastakila, Sebastian Holaga, Guillaume, Hanawaev, Sean Dewey, Francis Kopa, Cassandra Davis, Benedict Gruber, and Severin Schwarzhuber. And Grizzlebrand tier supporters, Victor Benhatz, Bajubat, Scott Monroe, Jeremy Gates, Henrik Korkutz, Tom Hepp, Andrew Whitman, Kane, Ian Seifert, Fritz Sternert, and Paragon Games in St. Louis. Dude, this list just keeps growing longer and longer. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, we're going to close it out here, and we see you again next year when we find out whether Chaos Defiler has already taken over Magic Online. Let's do it. Let's defile. Let's do it. Let's go. See you, bro.